Hello, Xbox Nation. Welcome to today's fire new episode, of course, of the Xbox Factor Podcast. And I am your host, or at least one of your hosts, Mr. Boomstick XL. And we have an incredible show for you, not to mention we have a stacked panel with big opinions and even bigger topics to discuss. But let's get into, of course, the introductions so we can break down these amazing topics that are going to fill your two hours on your lunch day or lunch break, I should say. Hopefully you get a chance to hang out with us from start to finish. First up, the cog that keeps this show rolling each and every week. You know him as Chef Zemi. I know him as someone that cannot wait to play the new horror game coming out on the 30th, where we're going to try and either save everyone or murder everyone. Zemi, welcome to the program. Little Hope's going to be so much good. Man of Madon is 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 fantastic, but We've I, I think three times so far. We have, we have, and I was very, very, um, uh, um, um, what, what's the word? I, I don't want to say scared, but yeah, you know, scared. I, I was very scared during Man <laughs> of Madon. Uh, and and little hope looks even even looks more worse. scarier. Uh, yeah, yeah, like being drugged, like uh, like like that girl getting you know drugged down into like the dark creepy pit with like those chains. Oh man, it looks it looks awful. Uh, <laughs> but I am excited to uh, to be able to play that with you whenever it comes out, and I'm excited for this show, man. Can't wait to jump into these topics. Tuesday show was amazing, and Thursday show is going to be no less. Yeah, well, thank you so much for being here, brother. And yes, I cannot wait to uh, stream on your Twitch channel, Little Hope, which uh, probably means it's going to be Little Hope that we survive. But uh, it'd be pretty cool, <laughs> actually, to have everyone die because we'd probably get a very solid 100-point achievement. So I would care. Do you remember how, how that was stolen from us? The last It was stolen, and it was, it was awful, folks. We... We literally killed everyone, and even at the end, the end credits show the last guy just dying on the boat, and the 100-point achievement did not pop. We were devastated because we went out of our way to literally kill everyone in Man of Madon. We actually did the best one. We got the best uh, outcome where everyone lived. Mm -hmm. We were hoping to match that with everyone dying, and some reason it didn't pop. So we, we're probably going to play through it at least another couple of times before the 30th, and we get to Little Hope. But let's continue on with, of course, the panel. Next up, you know him as someone that has rebranded himself, kind of like Prince did way back in the days, and the, probably some people in this channel and this uh, chat don't even know who Prince is, but hopefully you do. Mr. Badbit, first of all, welcome. And again, you're costing me a couple of bucks to bring you in from, you know, uh, from PlayStation Nation to Xbox Nation. But you know, you're worth every penny of that 50 cents. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And yes, the rebrand is going. It's going swell. We did all the back end stuff this week. And now it's 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 here. It's set in stone. It's the trophy room, a PlayStation show on YouTube. And I'm feeling good. Like this week, fantastic. It's it's actually been, I think, one of the better weeks of 2020 I've had. So yeah, I'm feeling good, though. Great, great to have you, brother. And of course, yeah, I'm glad that you rebranded because the opening is amazing and uh, you're doing some big things with the channel. So thanks so much for being here. Next up, you know him as our international man of mystery all the way from Germany. Boxer Bear, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm doing fantastic today. Um, had a, a lot of appointments today, so I'm ready to talk some gaming and have some fun. Let's do this. 
Yes. Well, thank you so much for being here as always. Next up, you know him as someone that is making his rounds when it comes to podcasting, and he's been putting down some big words in a lot of his comments. Of course, thank, we're talking about VJ. Welcome to the program, brother. Hey, Boom. Morning, Boom panel and everyone in the chat. I don't know about big words, Boom. I've had trouble spelling these days, but um, <laughs> but just a, a big thank you once again for the invitation and having me back on the the show every week. Boom! I really appreciate it, and, and I'm really glad and happy to to be here. I almost wasn't, but uh, let's not get into that story. And I'm really looking forward to the show. Well, yeah, yeah, it was a close call. Power went out. He was actually on a podcast last night where he lost the ability to be a part of it. So thankfully, he got his power back. He got his internet back, and he's here to drop some serious knowledge like he always does on every episode of the Xbox Factor podcast. And last, and in no way least, someone that has recently joined the team. That's right. 3-Bit has joined the Xbox Factor podcast as the sixth position, and we now have a stacked panel for you uh, guys and gals each and every week. 3-Bit, thank you so much for being here, brother. It's good to be here, man. Um, last night, I, I was I was staying up and watching this one documentary, The Last Dance. Pretty good. Uh, so I'm kind of tired, <laughs> but I'm excited and waking up and talking about some Xbox stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, it's great to have you a part of the program each and every week. And uh, before we get into the first topic, which I cannot wait to sink my teeth into, a very good and generous friend of the show, Sin Vendetta, starts us off today with an amazing and outstanding $10 super chat. And he says, boom, and Mr. Badbit, we are 21 days away from Demon Souls, and I can't wait and get, you'll be happy to know that, yes, I do have that game paid for in full, and I will be playing maybe for about an hour and then putting the game down and probably never returning. But I'm going to give it the old college effort there, Mr. Sin Vendetta. And he also says this. Also, Boom, I know it's your, it's not your thing, but I will give you whatever help you need to help you through the game. Yeah, listen, dude, I will definitely appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, it's not really my thing, but it it's something I can you know get into. It looks amazing, and I cannot wait to play that game. It does look really, and again, it's Blue Point. I mean, everything that they touch is pretty much gold and i cannot wait to get into that but folks let's get into the first topic now this one is a fun one this one isn't really news per se but it's it's a it's a thought-provoking one and one that of course i'm gonna have to bring mr bad bit in first and foremost now listen when the achievement system was introduced in 2005 on the newly released xbox 360 it set the gaming community into a frenzy unlike anything before it and of course back in the days you know my days because i'm old we used to use high scores and high scores we used to were the only things that we could judge a gamer by their cred and if, you know you, 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 i mean it wasn't it was it was so primitive you can only use three letters if you remember in the arcades mine was always luk short for lucky uh, that's something they used to call me when i worked for toys r us as a teenager i'm not sure i don't even remember how i got the name but it was lucky um and many years after microsoft perfected the achievement system sony got into the trophy business in 2008 and made both achievement and trophy hunters very very happy it became a thing it became like a you know something to really boast who you were as a gamer but one of the major differences for sony's 
um, per, uh, you know, pl- uh, you know, uh, achievement or trophies has been the platinum award, uh, and uh, that is really for getting every a trophy in one particular title. And this, of course, is separate from DLC. So if you buy a game like, uh, let's say, for instance, Spider Man twenty eighteen, and you do everything in the game, you're going to get that that powerful platinum trophy to pop. And it, it and like I said, if you really, really enjoy a game. It's not really worth anything, I think, but to you. Now, obviously, they just recently changed their system, so trophies are worth more uh, than before, and certainly platinums matter. But, you know, getting a platinum, again, seems like minuscule conversation for some, but if you really, really like a game, like I did Ghost of Tsushima this year, I platinum that, and I'm so proud to be able to say that I did that, it's it's something that I kind of wish uh, Microsoft would adapt. Now, you know, obviously, getting one thousand out of one thousand achievements is gr- it's a great accomplishment. I'm closing in on three hundred thousand gamer score for the Xbox, uh, you know, platform. And listen, I I only I think I only I was at a level thirteen. I don't know what I am now for trophies. I haven't actually uh, turned on my PlayStation in a bit, so I don't I don't know what the new uh, system is. But here is the question that I have for this amazing community. And we have almost, oh, my God, we have almost 400 people here. We're only nine minutes in. That is freaking awesome. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out. Joe, I want to go to you first. Uh, Listen, Platinums, I think they're a big thing. And more importantly, I really would love Microsoft to adapt a Platinum-type you know, uh, you know, award for people that go out of their way to get 1,000 out of 1,000 achievements. I, I think it's a big deal. I mean, I know that they have some achievements that are like the diamond achievements, but th- those are really, eh, those are like whatever. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, do, do, I mean, listen, we Microsoft started it off with achievements. Sony saw the popularity, and they came out with their trophy system, and they made it better. In my opinion, when you when you start talking about platinums, and then Microsoft adjusted a little bit, and they have like these diamond ones. But I think that awarding your players with a tr- with, with a with a platinum type award for getting and finishing a game from start to finish with every achievement is something that potentially they could adopt. What are your thoughts on this? Uh oh, Joe, you I don't hear you, Joe. Do you hear me now? We certainly do. There you there go. You go. <laughs> um, I really like so. To me, I prefer my trophies. I, I've I've kind of debated this. I kind of have flip flopped in the past. So I like achievements or I like trophies. I lean towards trophies. I really do dig the new system that they have, where it's like multiple levels. So like you're level thirteen, you're probably around level two hundred now. Um, I I kind of like that, where you're constantly kind of like earning stuff it makes it feel more uh, rewarding when you're getting trophies or platinums or whatever have you the cool thing about it now it looks like um, in addition to you know it feeling nice when you level up you also get little icons so like like um i think destruction all-stars you earn different profile icons or maybe even themes um by completing certain trophies that you have and that's a really awesome thing to see to kind of have because the, the the one thing i always look at is the seriously achievements right like seriously 1.0 2.0 3.0 5.0 all those achievements are it, it, 
is a huge monument. Like I remember Gears One having to kill ten thousand dudes, I think it was, to get that achievement. That's a big monumentous thing. Not a lot of people have those achievements. To have something semi tangible there to kind of reward you for doing that is really cool. Whether it's like a unique, you know, like Gears Gears of War, like you know, cog symbol, or yeah. whether it's like we have avatars. Why not like give them like a special like I don't know like a bandana or like a cog helmet or an outfit, you know, showing and proving that you have done the best of the best, not just in in game but also on the Xbox platform. I know like people like Crispy Bomb would love the shit out of that because they play yeah. Gears constantly. So to give those people a little like bragging rights, like having like people go, oh whoa, that's a cool icon. Where did you get that? And you're like. I unlocked Sirius 6.0, you know, that is, that is something that I think is a really cool thing that I would like to see Xbox do. But at the end of the day, for both of these, I would just like a more streamlined experience. I think the coolest thing that Xbox has when it comes to the achievements is they're rather like simplistic in like what you've earned. I think the, the gamer score is a really great indicator of like how difficult a thing should be uh, while at the same time showing your progress for what you've been doing. Uh, that's another huge thing. So there are some really awesome features that the achievement system has. I do think rewarding gamers doing a little extra, you know, cosmetic here or there because you've done something really cool. Yeah. I think that that's a, it, that's a really cool thing Microsoft should look into. Yeah. And you know something they used to do that through Xbox 360 uh, all mm -hmm. the time. There was all kinds of things that you did that you got a helmets and you got gear and you got, you know, a bird flying around you or whatever. They don't, they don't do that anymore. And I would love to see them return to it. Again, I know it's these, uh, you know, it, it's, it's probably like, you know, oh, you're asking for too much, whatever. But I just think that they could do a little more for the achievements just rather than just being, a, you know, plain old achievements. And again, I, I know that the diamond one that pops up, you, you hear a different tone. You're like, oh, I got, a, you know, a special achievement because this one's probably hard to get. And that's cool. But I would love to see exactly something which you, what you're talking about implemented, e even if they, again, borrowed something similar to a platinum. I, I don't I don't think copying or trying to evolve your your achievement system based on something that's very popular with Sony would be kind of like a step back because Sony obviously saw the popularity of the achievement system and came up with their trophy system. So, it, it, you know, you, you see something that works, you see the fans like it, you go with it. Is it is it really biting? Is it copying? Eh, not really, but, you know, I, I just think that I'd love to see them implement that. Zemi Games, I want to go to you next on this because obviously yes. – you know, we're, we're, we're you and I we're both into achievements, and and mm -hmm. obviously, you know, we we went out of a way to replay Man of Madon for a third time, trying to get that one hundred point monster achievement. It didn't work, but maybe it will the next time. Would you like to see a, a platinum type um, addition to the uh, trophy uh, to the achievement system? Yeah, I mean, I think that that would be cool. And, and, and you know, that's one thing that I really, really like over on PlayStation with your trophy system. I, I am definitely in more of the achievement camp. Uh, and, and I'm not even going to lie in the least bit. I'm just biased, right? Because I've just been playing Xbox for so long since I was like 12 years old. Uh, well, the Xbox 360 since I was 12 years old, unlocking achievements over there. And, and so I'm just so used to, you know, calling them achievements and seeing it pop up. I just have a preference for it. Um, 
But one thing I really like about the PlayStation trophy system is the gamification of actually playing games, right? Because we're we're all like, you know, we all know what playing games are, but like to actually add in, you know, gamifying the actual act of playing multiple games by unlocking, you know, certain levels in the trophy system, I think is really, really cool. And that's something that Xbox has done uh, with, you know, their... Um, with their Microsoft reward program and the sense of, you know, play X number of, you know, titles on, um, you know, game pass or unlock, you know, three achievements and one game on game pass to earn some points to, you know, unlock that next Xbox gift card or whatever you want out of the Microsoft reward points. And so I think gamification is really, really important. Um, you know, even just for the acts of playing games and, and, and it's something that I would definitely like to see Xbox do more, but I think more of what we're talking about here is, is the acknowledgement of what you're doing and the sense that you can look on a PlayStation profile and you can see, how many platinum trophies that they have, you know, as an indication of how many, you know, uh, how many games have they, you know, 100%ed, if you want to put that in quotation marks, because uh, there's certain things that you don't have to do in a game and still unlock all the, you know, trophies or achievements. Um, but, you know, and, and, and you are right in saying that Xbox is kind of something similar in, in, in the rare diamond achievements. Uh, and I would actually even somewhat go further and say that Xbox has something, you know, uh, that, that they allow the developers to choose whenever they, you know, organize their achievements. And that is, you know, certain games do have uh, achievement that only pops if you unlock all of the achievements before. But even still, there's not really a way of showing everyone, hey, I've, you know, 100%ed X number of games. So I would love to see them put like a number on your gamer card, um, you know, like next to your gamer score saying that you've 100%ed 12 games or, you know, two games or however many games it yeah, is. That's actually um, cool. For, for me, it'd probably be like 30, 36. Um, and, and, and I know a lot of you guys out there have would probably blow me out of the water. Uh, but I think that that would be really, really cool. And, and you know, you mentioning the 360 generation is something that I like to think about a lot because during the 360 generation, it, you know, to me personally, and, and, and you know, this is very subjective, um, different people are going to have different opinions, but I just feel like the 360 generation of, you know, like uh, Xbox profiles and stuff like that was just a little bit more personal, right? Whenever you, you know, it, it just seemed like whenever I was clicking on somebody's profile, you know, their, their bio was right in my face, you know, their, their name and location was right in my face. And a lot of people would put, you know, just random stuff in their name and, and, and then, you know, their location. And it even went as, you know, far as showing off that gamer's reputation through the reputation system and also showed uh, what type of gamer they were, whether, you know, they were, uh, you know, a professional gamer, a casual gamer, um, whatever it may be. And, and that's one thing that I would really like to see, you know, just kind of taking a step further, uh, I would love to see, you know, them, you know, putting a number of how many, you know, games you've 100%ed, but I would also really like to see them add more of a personal touch uh, onto your profiles because, you know, Xbox is all about, you know, communities. It's all about making friends online. And, and, you know, I think that, you know, their, their online ecosystem, you know, their, you know, whatever you go and look at profiles and stuff like that, they should just make it a little bit more personal the way that it was, you know, in the 360 generation. And, and that's definitely something I would like to see. So I, I would definitely really, really, uh, enjoy, you know, just having it more announced uh, to all of your friends or all the people that click on your profile, you know, like your your personal gaming achievements, um, whether they're actually achievements or, or, or they're completely something else. I'd really like to see that implemented. Yeah. 
Yeah, me too as well. Boxer Bear, let's get your opinion on this. How, how important achievements are to you versus trophies on Sony's side? And with Sony's platinum, uh, tr uh, uh, you know, a trophy being so popular, would you like to see that be adopted by Microsoft? Okay, this is probably going to cost me a couple of followers, but I really do not care at all for oh, that, achievements okay. or trophies. Um, back in the 360 days, when when uh, there was an actual reason to get um, a gamer score, uh, I, I was a bit of a achievement hunter for half a year or so, because back in the days, yeah, you were able to get um, reward points for your gamer score, um, but. Actually, I, I I found it always stressful. Um, and when I decided not to take a, a look at my trophies on the PlayStation 3 and 4 now uh, or, or on the achievement side, I found that this alleviating the right world. Um, I really I really don't care. I'm probably just too old because back in the days when I played games, I just played the game how I wanted. And the, those achievements all had put that stress level on me because now I have to kill a guy with a certain weapon, weapon in a certain way. And this is just <laughs> how I like to play my games. I just want to play the game. And that's why I really do not care at all for these achievements um, or trophies. Um, that's yeah. why I really like what playstation has done with most of their first party stuff which is like most of it is just like you'll get by playing the game like yeah. there's nothing mm -hmm. that's locked behind like difficulty or whatever it's just like enjoy the stuff clear the map you have a good time and like that's how you get it I'm yeah, with but you in there, the end, you always have to have to go and collect and find uh, s some stuff um, that you wouldn't normally do if there wasn't a trophy for it. And I get the idea why people like it. I'm just saying it's not for me. Um, I just I just want to play the game, enjoy the story, and if a trophy or an achievement pops up, cool. But whatever <laughs> yeah i mean listen not, not, again trophy hunting is a thing it's it, it, it's a thing that people enjoy yeah i'm gonna be honest with you i love hearing that sound pop up whether it be on sony's side or whether it be on microsoft so i i like it i i i, I again I'm old school. So back in the days, all we had was we used to write down our scores and compare them our, you know, at, during lunch, you know, in, in middle <laughs> you school. Know, you know, it's, you know what you know I'm it's saying? something that me and a buddy would do every single Christmas. This was before like the actual gamer score leaderboards came out, like back on the 360. Every single Christmas, me and a buddy, we would have like what we called like an achievement war and we would write down each other's achievements at the very beginning of December. And whoever had like the most achievements by the end of the, uh, by, you know, next year uh we would always put like 20 bucks up for it oh that's cool yes yeah again that's a, the fr friendly competition is always cool and I, I really enjoyed it vj let's get your opinion on this brother i don't know if you are um quote unquote a trophy hunter but i thought this would be a fun topic to uh, open up the show with as we wait for the you know people to file in for sure. you for, uh, i mean again i don't know if you have a playstation and you're into the your trophies just as much but the platinum trophy is a popular item and and i would love to see microsoft adopt that what what are your thoughts on it um i'm probably not the uh the best person to comment on this um since i'm still waiting for my series x to, to turn up in november fingers crossed but um, I'm, I'm definitely not someone um, like I guess like Archimedes really. But given my age, to sort of pursue 
perfect scores and uh, I love playing bomb jack back in the day um, and not someone that now currently pursues trophies but but I can understand the nature and, and desire of the appeal uh, boom because gaming spans so many generations not in terms of systems but in age groups right so I guess it's like you know completing a puzzle maybe uh, you know the complete joy it brings in discovering and conquering all the tasks and challenges the game has to offer i know it's not everybody's cup of tea uh, but it is for many right you see often see twitter littered right with uh, trophies for for really really good games and being able to sort of finally lay down your controller right in complete satisfaction and to and then to top it all off you're presented with an accolade or trophy if you if you want to call it that showing you know sort of like <laughs> your sort of uh, supreme excellence and uh, commitment to the product but it's, it's difficult for me to as i said to make any sort of like call or judgment as to whether or not the the initiative of like kind of creating a new platinum like achievement system is required or if it's even in high demand right now for xbox what i will say that is that if the community at large feels it's like a program worth exploring and is potentially more engaging and rewarding for them um, than um, than what's already in place, uh, boom, then then let Xbox know, let Phil and, and, and Co know. And I think that if there is a high enough demand or call for it, then I'm sure Phil and uh, uh, his team will look at the situation or who knows, maybe they have something already in the works, boom. I, I, I don't know, but I guess there is no harm in also looking at how this furthers a healthy, a vibrant, and maybe a, 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 a flourishing with growth sort of ecosystem, right? Uh, from Microsoft's perspective, uh, first party developers um, and um, individual uh, uh, players and communities, like there's this, this not just like one sort of, um, you know, one person sort of deciding on this, right? So everybody kind, kind of has to come together, right? To make it work, to make it worthwhile. Um, besides sort of like playing an excellent game from Xbox, uh, which obviously they've got many on the way, uh, uh, from their point of view, they would want to drive user engagement or, of a given title for as long as possible, uh, especially, I would say, from a first-party developer's point of view, uh, boom, especially with, um, you know, your game, their game, sorry, not your game, their game's going, unless you're working on something that we don't know about, um, <laughs> they're going, <laughs> going into Game Pass at launch and, and the success of those games partially being measured or tied to and uh, the overall engagement time of their product and, and to sort of see where that's where, where where it's sort of on the ladder of success in terms of measurement then um, a system to retain players past just experience the, experiencing the core game or just multiplayer I, I think could be quite important for Xbox a deeper reward system uh, for players might prove to be important for everybody involved it's it's also um, on Xbox creatives teams development marketing pr and and all the management they those creatives uh, well, any company boom right that wants that needs that wants your time you know on their platform uh, or tv screen or whatever it is right even you know if you're going to go and buy a car right for for that matter to develop new reward systems and services that that usually we as consumers don't often realize we want or desire in the first place, right? That's their position, right, in, 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 in this, right? And then it's for us to sort of engage with it and test it and try it and then let them know how to further improve it and, and what we want to see, right? And then for them to, and it's just a constant, um, constant like hamster wheel, right, in some regards. Maybe that wasn't the best term to use. But uh, all in all, boom, I thought it was a really interesting topic from somebody from outside looking in because I'm not so engaged with it. So, yeah, it's definitely interesting stuff to look forward to. To, 
as in how companies of the future continue to motivate and engage us. So I hope that answer helps in some way. Yeah, no, it does. And again, obviously, you're not a, you're not a big hunter of it, but you still understand the, the importance of what it brings to each particular title. Uh, uh, three bit. Let's get your opinion on this. Are, are, are trophies and uh, uh, achievements important to you? And would you like to see a platinum like, uh, you know, achievement come to the Xbox platform? Yeah, I think my my uh, opinion somewhere in, in between Zemis and and uh, Boxenberger. <laughs> um, I used to be a a huge um, achievement guy. Where uh, I I remember specifically um, on Halo Three, the Vidmaster Annual Challenge, uh, where everybody has to have a ghost and survive the entire <laughs> level with four other players, and and people would actually pay me in Microsoft points to help them. And nice. that was that was a good time, <laughs> but in in terms of now, um, I I think um, I don't know I I I like how right now it's very simple. It's just the points, and you can use achievements uh, with Microsoft Rewards, and you can use that to buy games, or you can use that to um, <clears throat> just get stuff in the Microsoft Store. Um, everything's kind of simple, but at, at the same time, I I do think that you know PlayStation. Um, you know, they learn from Microsoft for their achievements. And I think Xbox can also learn from uh, PlayStation. You know, right now, uh, for example, the Xbox had the snap feature, which I loved. And Xbox took it out and PlayStation's adding that in. I'm like, uh, I really want that back. I think that's a really cool feature um, that PS5 is, is adding back in. But yeah, in terms of just uh, achievements um, right now, and it's just for games that I really love. If, if I really like cyberpunk, I'm probably going to try to get all the achievements for that. Right. But not every single game I'm going to try and do that with, because I, I just want to, you know, play the game. Um, but for, for certain games, for sure, I'm going to try and 100% like halo uh, infinite. I'm going to try <laughs> my best yeah. to try and, and get all the achievements for that. But, um, you know, every other game, I'm just going to, you know, just go ahead and play. I will say when I get that rare achievement thing uh, that pops up, it feels really good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, it absolutely does. And uh, listen, as I, as as we close out the first topic, I want to welcome in the 700 plus people already here, which is my God, that is pretty awesome. I want to thank you for taking the time to choose Double Barrel Gaming and of course the Xbox Factor podcast uh, for your lunch break or midday afternoon, uh, you know, while you're playing games, while you're sitting on the toilet or whatever. I just I just want to say thank you so much for being here. We definitely appreciate the support. This channel has exploded on the scene. And of course, you if you're new, I want to say welcome with open arms here. Every gamer from every walk of life uh, is welcome here. This is a very, very safe space. Thanks to our resident sheriff known as Lethal Papa. Yes, that guy, he walks silently but carries a big band stick. So if you are an a-hole, you're going to probably get banned. So don't be one. And just sit back, enjoy, have fun, answer, ask a question, and hopefully I can get to it. But let's get into the second topic. Now, this one, folks... This one's a pretty good one, and uh, it, it's I think it's it's a thought provoking one when you when you when when you really break it down. You know, obviously with Microsoft's Xbox first party count up at twenty three studios, 
there have been huge names added in the last 24 months. You know, teams like Obsidian Entertainment, Ninja Theory, uh, obviously The Initiative, Double Fine Productions, and of course, the recently announced Monster Bomb known as Bethesda, just to name a few. Though there are several smaller teams that a lot of the gaming community have overlooked, and one of them is In Exile. And as you, if you don't know, they just released Wasteland 3 to rave reviews, which is currently sitting at an 84 Metacritic. And a lot of people that have played that game are really, really enjoying it. Now, back in May of 2020, we learned that the RPG maker, or should I say masters at InXile, had been confirmed to be using Unreal Engine 5 on their next AAA unannounced title. Now, I pulled this story from our good friends at Seasoned Gaming. You know, Ainsley over there, he, he runs a real tight ship. Uh, and the link I added in the show notes below. But Brian Fargo, studio head of InXile, said on Twitter discussing their next project, we have a few, we have quite a few questions about our next RPG, and we can confirm that it will in fact use Unreal Engine 5. Now, thanks to our very good friend Clobriel, known as an Xbox insider, uh, and you know that guy from Twitter fame, we now know that some of the, we know now some of the details on that AAA game. And what Exile is working on, according to Clobrio, uh, uh, based on his Twitter account, this is what he had to say. He said, Exile opened a new position for a senior gameplay designer for their Unreal Engine 5 next-gen RPG project. And these are what they were asking for. Genre-defying gameplay systems, tactile first-person weapon and unique combat abilities, gameplay loops for first-person shooters and RPGs. But we have new information that makes this even a better topic to discuss because the theme, folks, apparently is going to be based in the steampunk universe. And the team that's going to be working on it brought... Uh, is, um, Brought us uh, Arcanum, Steamworks, and Magic Obscura. That game was way, it was a it's still sitting at a ninety meta and was a, from quite a few years ago. But team that brought you that game is going to be the one that's working on this. And uh, we get this information from a keen-eyed Reset Era user that has uncovered the game setting way ahead of any official announcement. Uh, though by spotting a few pin Pinterest boards that are managed by Inexile developers Jason Anderson and Chad Moore. These Pinterest boards contain hundreds of steampunk-themed weapons, gadgets, fashion, and other Victorian-era-inspired imagery. Wow. Well, listen, folks, we, you know, there are, there's been a lot of questions as to what we're going to be getting as Xbox gamers. And we know, we know Fable is coming. We know that Halo Infinite will be here sometime next year. We know that Ninja Theory is hard at work at not one, but two games with Project Mara and Hellblade 2. We also, we also know um, that Avowed is coming out. You know, we also have the sequel to Obsidian's space shooter, uh, uh, as well as a ton of other ones. But to know that we're getting a first-person, story-driven title from Exile, one of the best RPG makers outside of, of course, of the two, uh, of, of, of Obsidian uh, and of Bethesda, I'm super, super stoked. Now, Zemi Games, I want to go to you first on this. To, to know that they're working on a game that not only is going to support Unreal Engine 5, 
We know it's already going to be a AAA banger, but the fact that we have inf leaked information that it's going to be a Victorian steampunk kind of a thing, that's, that's not have been done, at least big budget. What, what are your excitement levels for this, and what are your thoughts on NXile making this game? Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I'm, I'm very, very excited. Um, you know, games like Wasteland three, you know, I, I, I can appreciate, but I don't really like the whole top down kind of turn based combat kind of, kind of stuff. And, and, and this definitely sounds like, uh, something I would be more interested in with them mixing, uh, shooter mechanics with RPGs, uh, and, and, and the steampunk, uh, setting. It definitely sounds like something that I would be really, really into, um, I, you know, and, and the one thing that just really excites me the most is, is, is that, you know, a, it, it is, you know, a Microsoft studio, right? It's an Xbox studio. I'm not, you know, going to have to, you know, lob out $60 for the game. It's just going to come to game pass. But another thing is that's just so amazing is, is Microsoft support for making so many of these RPGs. It's like, you know, we kind of knew that they were going to do it whenever they acquired so many studios that make RPGs and that's their bread and butter. But, you know, it, it's just like the more I see it, the more I'm just amazed and I get really, really excited because I am such a huge fan of role-playing games. Um, and, 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 you know, this is like night and day for me because during this generation, it just seemed very, very dry for very good, like high quality role-playing games uh, compared to the 360 generation where we got, you know, two Elder Scrolls and three Mass Effects and, you know, um, you know, like two Fallout games. And then look at what we got, you know, this, you know, this, uh, this generation, um, it just seems a lot more dry. Um, but like, you know, there's not a tremendous amount that I can really, you know, say about this game beyond just like my initial excitement for it, because we don't really have any, you know, video footage or screenshots or anything like that. But this is, this game is definitely on my radar. Um, and, and I truly, really cannot wait to see more. Um, I hope that this might possibly be something that, you know, we see, you know, maybe a little bit sooner than later, even if it's just a trailer, I, I would actually kind of like to, or like a teaser, I would actually really kind of like to, to see their approach, uh, and their ideas for this game, uh, you know, before I get too excited, but I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah it, it for sure has a lot of promise. Well, I mean, listen, when, when you look to, when you look to a game like cyberpunk, right, we understand mm -hmm. that that is really taking that error and running crazy with it, you know, being able to upgrade yourself and, and being half human and half robot and, and, and that era with the neon lights and the dark and dirty alleys. And, and, and when you get to different parts of the city, you get, you know, you, you, you see the, the, the quality of the, of the terrain go up because there's more sure. money in this section, as opposed to the other being a little bit, you know, poorer. It's, it's, a, it's going to be a, packed with eye candy and when you know and again when you talk about in exile you know they, they were a small team i mean obviously if you remember before they they joined xbox game studios the head of the company was going to retire and he was you know obviously because it was getting harder to make games it was potential of the studio closing down microsoft swoops in buys them the guy says i'm not retiring i'm i'm, I'm fully re, you know reinvigorated because you know obviously he can pay his people the way they're supposed to be paid you're not robbing peter to pay paul and now you hear that they're working on this monster title 
that all we know is that it's going to be a Victorian steampunk type situation, but with triple A budgeting and funding and production. And you know something? I think we're going to get something really special when this is done. Joe, I, I want to go to you next on this. But before I do, let me just catch up with some of these super chats. First of all, we have James176. He actually uh, uh, drops an outstanding and very generous $2 super chat. He says, have a green emerald for completions of games. Now that's kind of dope. Uh, as as Microsoft's uh, platinum, because obviously you know you, you, you've you've heard me say yeah the you know the the emerald green that that would actually be kind of cool. Uh, we also have regulator nine five. Um, the uh, ninety five here drops a very generous two dollars super chat and says. Uh, we can't forget about Microsoft Rewards program. Yeah, listen, the, the Microsoft Rewards fo folks. I bought a bunch of games. I did some, you know, some challenges and some questions. I'm up at thirty thousand already, and I I barely did nothing. And once once I buy my all, I'm buying everything from Xbox. You know, the Series X, my memory card, you know, whatever else. All that is going to be poured right back into it. I, I'm not spending anything until I have enough to buy an actual game, and hopefully that will be uh yeah very soon. We have um, Warwick Gaming and Horror Movie Reviews. He becomes the next uh, channel member. Hey, dude, thank you so much for the generosity and supporting Double Barrel Gaming by becoming a channel member. Caboose V42, another very generous friend of the show. He drops an outstanding $2 super chat and says, Xbox 360 showed your games when you were at 100% next to your profile. See, I don't, man, I don't even remember that. That's how long ago. Um, but yeah, I, I'd love to see them do something. And a very generous friend of the show, Robert Jones, drops a monster $25 super chat and says, For trophies and achievements, I wish there was something for the time someone might have spent in a game. I mean, if you're putting 300 hours into a game, it should be acknowledged versus getting 1,000 gamer score and last. Uh, and last 10 hours i you know what i i kind of there, agree with you there is something for that though like if you if you look underneath like the statistics like yeah, you can uh, find how much game, you spent you, yes you can, but it's but yeah. it's not like in your face it's kind of one of those hidden things you got to look for it and and yeah. you don't and sony does not have that which is a little annoying like when i when, when i say you have to there's a there's a uh run around like a uh to to, to do it um, it, but it's like a, it's, it's literally a system online that oh. you have to friend on your PSN. Every oh. time you log out of that game, it'll tell you, uh, how many, how, what was your play hours. And then on the website, it'll tell you how much you played. It's oh. total third party. We want this so bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, cause I, you know, I, 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 I do get questions from people saying, yeah, I paid 60 hours of, of God of war. And people are like, well, how the hell do you know that? Um, because I watched the clock and I know that I've been sitting here for 10 hours hours yeah I, those are 10 real hours but joe i, I want to go to you next on this and the reason why i would do that is because i want to talk about for a second the order 1886 one of the most underappreciated games yes i get it the werewolf combat wasn't great but that victorian steampunk era was and is gorgeous still to this day to look at to think that we could get something similar in a first-person RPG from the masters known as Exile, does that excite you to return to steampunk universe? Yeah, man. So, like, it is so weird because, effectively, Microsoft bought the '90s RPGs. <laughs> like, if you really think <laughs> they, they about really it, really did, yeah. Right, like, like Wasteland is from from what I I, I recollection serves. Uh, it's it's from some of the like you know 
original Fallout guys. And then mm-hmm. you have Obsidian, who worked out arguably the best Fallout. And then you have Bethesda, who works on Fallout. Like, it is so crazy to see. Again, you prepare for the memes of this is what a Xbox exclusive is. First person open world RPG. Prepare for it. It's already happening. And it is such a really cool thing um, that we kind of talked about on this week's Trophy Room. So, you know, if you're interested in what I have to say, maybe go over there um, afterwards. Because the conversation we had was, does, you know, people people talk about, like, the, the Microsoft acquisition of Bethesda and, you know, what does Microsoft get out of it? I did the argument of does does PlayStation need that, right? Does does PlayStation actually need Bethesda in in the sense of like do they own that market? Like do they need to own that market? And having Microsoft carve this market that really no one really owned and making it their own and having these studios come in make these types of experiences so where now you have Sony that does your open world action games and Microsoft doing your open world RPGs. You now have two ecosystems that look different, act different, play different. And that's what I really like to see more than anything. The big picture here is that Microsoft has carved out a audience for themselves by spending billions of dollars. And that's awesome for the consumers who consume that product. So like when I take a look at Wasteland and I see those devs that honestly, God, Wasteland is an underappreciated IP. It's not one that I can get into, but I know that the love is there. The lore is there. The passion's there. So for them to go and and for the guy to go, hey, listen, I'm not retiring. You know what? We're just beginning here. We're going to make the game we want to make. It being different and like thinking of uh, The Order 1886 is a great example of a game that, honest to goodness, if it focused more on lore and less on cinema, it would have been a really fantastic game. Like, I really love the premise. It's a super cool premise of yeah. like, hey, let's play on like hist- like you know historic fiction here. Let's take some people, make them make it the round table, and let's make them fucking hunt werewolves. Is such a cool premise. So like, if I'm throwing that over to, in exile, if I'm just you know copy and and printing that over to in exile, there's nothing that these people can achieve that's going to put it on that level whether you're fighting werewolves or fighting each other it's gonna be a really cool experience because wasteland's art was already super beautiful for an isometric their art you know even just their 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 concept art is always beautiful knowing how much care goes into the world building that gives me hope to see what they're going to do especially with Unreal 5, knowing that this game, let's all be honest with each other, probably three, four years out, mm-hmm. knowing that they're going to have this tech probably not in its infancy, probably be a bit more robust, means that this game's going to look prettier. It's going to run a hell of a lot better. It's going to give you an overall better experience. That's that's what I want. So I'm super pumped for In Exile. Long short story short, I think it's gonna we're, we're in for a treat. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. Boxer Bear, let's get your opinion on this because we know that you like RPGs. 
Oh, we know yeah. that you're a fan of him. We know we know we know that what your feelings are on something like The Witcher. The Witcher, as we all know and love about it, is packed with lore. It's packed with style. It's packed with story. One thing about In Exile is that they know how to do all of that. And now, now that we have an idea that not only is it going to be done in Unreal Engine Five, which obviously is going to be taking advantage of the up-to-date engine. But it's potentially, if this rumor does come to pass, that they're using steampunk as their backdrop. My God, we could get something incredible from this story developer now that they have the funding. What What are your thoughts on this leak? Awesome. Um, I mean, uh, Joe <laughs> did an excellent job <laughs> in explaining the whole thing. Um, in Exile is such an underrated RPG developer, and their their games wasteland is a very good example for that they they have it every they have everything they have a good lore they have good good rpg mechanics but they always lacked a little of polish and this is what they are getting now with the resources of microsoft they have access now to technology that they didn't have access they have funding they have time to to build their game um and this is just uh, so awesome to see that that such talented developers like in exile have now the possibility to really create their vision in in their game they want to make and them for them using the steampunk setting is great i think this is a very intriguing setting and we don't see it that often in games i th can think of two games this generation that had this kind of setting the one you already mentioned was the order 1886 and the other one was um, assassin's creed um, but it's such a such a uh, fantastic setting where you can do so much. Um, I'm really looking forward to see that. My only hope is that they move away from the turn-based um, combat system. I yeah, this is going to be a first-person uh, RPG. That's yeah, what, that, that doesn't that's mean the... that it's not uh, <laughs> turn-based. <laughs> it's just first yeah, person. I, I don't think yeah. it would be though. I, I, I mean, I mean, obviously, again, we, we can that. That'd be that'd be really like. That'd be something we've never really seen yeah. before. I haven't seen a first person like turn based. No, I, that'd either. be pretty. That'd I, be pretty rad. I've I've seen it. I can't remember the name of it, but it was like a smaller, I think, indie title. And it was actually, I believe, a steampunk game as well. It was first person, and it was a like a turn based, uh, like uh, like you know, action points uh, to move kind of game. I mean, uh, Fallout attempted it, you know. Fallout was kind of like a turn based. You're right. Um, with um, I, uh, the the what's it called? Vats. The the VAT system. system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's got me. Okay. I mean, listen. I again, I I don't I don't think I think the, the, their turn base is going to be for that isometric view. I I don't I can't see them spending the the amount of money and the resources and what they're going to be doing in in the Victorian steampunk era to lock it down behind something that you can't really appreciate. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it, I, I think they're going to go big, and I think it's going to be a big open-world RPG, something that, so they, that well, they're, and, not, and, and they're, they're not used to. Turn-based really does not go very well with a first-person uh, like right. kind of game. It, right. it just doesn't. Yeah. I'm seeing it just in chat. Bart's Tale had first-person turn-based combat, right? Um, that's, that's true. And yeah, um, 
but uh, I think the, the, the problem uh, or issue with turn-based is that it is not really for the masses. Um, mm -hmm. And now this is really uh, becoming interesting to see where, where they are going with this. Um, but I do have uh, a lot of faith in them. They are a fantastic developer. And yeah, I can't wait to see what they're working on. Yeah. If I could just hop on for just a second sure, there. Sure. Because that's what Game Pass is all about, right? That's Archimedes, true. you said it's not sure. for the masses. Yeah. They said, hey, Game Pass is to let these devs freak flags fly. Yeah. Let them fly, man. This is like, that's, that's, that yeah. screams to me. Just, just get this on Game Pass, you know? Yeah. 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 True. I absolutely, and I, and I absolutely agree with that. Vijay, let's, let's get your opinion on this. Again, I, I don't know whether or not you're a big fan of RPGs, but yeah. uh, there are a lot of big fans out there of In Exile, and I think they're talented, and I think that they're, they're, they were talented when they didn't have a lot of funding, and I think now that they have the full backing of Microsoft, they're really going to be able to let their talent shine, and if if what I believe turns out to be a big open-world AAA um, a Victorian-esque title in steampunk running on, uh, on Unreal Engine 5. We, we as gamers are going to be in for something very, very special. What, what are your thoughts on this rumor and leak? Um, just to answer your first question, Boom, yeah, RPGs is probably uh, my most favorite genre. Not that, uh, but I'll caveat that. Yeah. I <laughs> really, yeah. Uh, but mostly uh, Japanese RPGs. I haven't really experienced much from um, in Exile, but that's, I guess, where Game Pass comes in, right? So I'm definitely someone um, going back to what Mr. <laughs> Mr. Badbit and uh, sorry, actually you, boom, you mentioned Order 1866, and uh, I'm definitely someone who loved the premise and the visual style of the Order 1866, 1886, sorry, especially since it was based in um, Whitechapel, East London, and that's pretty much around the corner from where I went to school. So nice. uh, um, you can understand to a degree why I'm really, really looking forward to Valhalla. Uh, based in England and Watch Dogs Legions, which is based in central London. Uh, that's where I'd go actually to frequent <laughs> quite a few arcades in the, in the <laughs> back of the day. Um, but anyway, t turning back to my, the, um, our attention to the, to the topic and the questions that you asked, um, I'm looking forward to taking um, in a huge dose of uh, Wasteland 3 as and when I can. I think I think it was Slow Mo Backslap did a really good job talking about Wasteland 3 on one of his videos, or, or it may have been on a podcast with Gaming Forte, I don't quite remember. Um, and uh, their take on it really piqued my interest and curiosity for the game, uh, to be honest with you. Um, I'm a little concerned that there seems to be a lot of first-person RPG shooter types of games on the way. And, uh, and if you're a fan of that, then, you know, you're set. Um, I, I would like to see uh, more investment into sort of, uh, or more studios maybe take on, you know, third-person action and or RPGs if at all possible. Um, I, you know, I, I find it just helps me connect more so with the story, the game, the character, and the entire environment. Um, the, the apparent... Um, unoptimized demo that we saw right for ue5 gave us a glimpse of what the story sorry what the future may uh, potentially have to offer us right in terms of gamers and what we can expect and look forward to and i just i just hope it wasn't just all smoke and mirrors um, a lot of xbox studios in that to, in in relation to that um boom uh, using unreal 5 right and correct me if i'm wrong i think that quite a few are right so yeah, going yeah. forward that's a real opportunity right boom especially if this game 
is is far off um, or close, but I have no idea where it, where it is in development. To be quite honest with you, but isn't it's a real opportunity for all those studios that are using um, Unreal Five, and we've touched on this subject before to harness and consolidate, you know, the early lessons, right? The capabilities and knowledge between studios. That's something that really interests me, right? And how far that they push this and, and work together. It should really help in my mind to build a library and a hive mind of knowledge for the future for for everyone involved to to pull from pull from that from that knowledge base and that in turn will help uh, definitely evolve in um sort of evolving and taking gains forward on, on a technical and a visual level right uh, uh, may i jump in here real quick um just i just want to add one thing and um, because you're saying that they build up a a knowledge base it's not just a knowledge base they also um, invested heavily in the Houdini system, which is basically some sort of add-on for the Unreal Engine yeah. that allows studios to share assets across the studios. And for them investing a lot in photogrammetry and uh, stuff like that, all the studios have now access to these very high-res um, um, textures and so on. So I yeah. think this is, is going to be a real strength if Microsoft and the Xbox Game Studios are leveraging it right, um, sharing all these technologies across the studios in one engine. Yeah, yeah no, de definitely. Sorry, Boom. Um, um, okay, he's, he's absolutely right, but I just wanted to touch on it. Otherwise, we would have gone off on a tangent for half an hour. So, I'd, so sorry, we can always bring it up as, a, as another topic. And it's a very interesting one that uh, Boxenberger raises. Um, thank you. And um, so anyway, so with when what I'm looking forward to, Boom, is that when Unreal commercially launches um, uh, a new iteration of their whenever the sorry whenever they launch a new engine, whether it was Unreal Three, Unreal Engine Four, they always showcase um, a couple of major titles that they've sort of um, incubated or worked with um, with uh, with third parties, right, uh, or Microsoft or etc. And they've and the ones that they've chosen to support that show that engine in its best light, right, and obviously to show it off so that you know they can you know go forward and um, commercialize it more more. more successfully and uh, I, I hope it's um i really hope it's a couple of really big titles from xbox studios i don't know what they are i don't even mind what they are i'll play too <laughs> pardon me um it, it's i think it's going to be hellblade 2 that yeah hellblade 2 is confirmed to be a Unreal five yeah, yeah I, I think there's several titles boom but i guess my point is not to sort of like everyone's going to have their favorites but it's just the case of that when they showcase the engine next time around right uh, i would like it to be a few big titles a couple of big titles from xbox studios specifically working on unreal engine 5 and and, and this is why i think that phil has said look be patient and if so um those games right won't be far off from release if if they are indeed being worked and supported by uh, epic right i mean they don't have a a huge massive you know team to support external titles but i hope that there are a couple of big xbox titles and uh, but basically to give us a glimpse of what we can expect further down the line anyway that, that's that's just my brief take on it boom yeah no and it's, and it's a good take as always uh and uh let's closing out this topic which i think is uh like i said worthy of a conversation because no one really talks about nxi and i'm glad that this show is taking the time to highlight uh, someone, uh, you know, a, a developer that is known for great RPGs, but one that most people overlook. Three bit. When you hear this rumor, and again, folks, it is a rumor that they uh, uh, that they are going to potentially be going in to a steampunk type Victorian era, uh, knowing that now that they have the budget and the backing of Microsoft to make this AAA bomb that's going to use an Unreal Engine five. What, what are your thoughts on it? Are you excited? Yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, Xbox has so many RPGs this generation. Um, 
with the purchase of Bethesda, Obsidian, and now in Exile. And I, I think what I'm most excited about is one, getting to experience Unreal 5, and secondly, getting to see that studio tackle that genre. Um, Wasteland 3 was a, a very solid game, so they have a pretty solid track record. And I'm a pretty big fan of both the cyberpunk aesthetic and the steampunk aesthetic. And in, in terms of like Unreal 5, I'm, I'm really excited for the developers <laughs> like me, right? Making our jobs easier. And um, with, with the Nanite um, uh, feature on the Unreal 5, that's going to make our lives a lot easier. Uh, right now, what we do with, with animation to games is um, we will animate it uh, in like Maya or something like that. If it's cloth, we'll, we'll use something called an Alembic um, where you sort of, uh, you can either do a cloth simulation or you can just sort of uh, what you call like baking the animation for it. And um, they are moving from Unity um, to Unreal. So that is a pretty big jump in my eyes. Unity, Unity is a pretty good engine for indie developers um, but you know, there. I, I think the fact that they are part of Microsoft now is a good point to now they can try bigger things. And uh, the biggest thing I, I look at when I see Unreal Five is the fact that they don't have a polygon budget anymore, um, which is just insane. So with with Hellblade Two and 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 um, and whatever this game is going to be called, I'm what I, what I'm looking for is is the pipeline being cut down um like with the ue5 engine it, it looks like it, it's like a dream come true for for a lot of developers uh, oh yeah so i i'm really excited to even try out the engine eventually <laughs> when it gets to me and stuff but uh it, i'm sure they are just ecstatic about what they can do which is why i think they even decided to use another engine or, or not a, yeah another engine but also another genre they're like oh yeah let, let's do it you know we're in a whole new engine uh ue5 has no poly count budget from what i can see um the 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 lighting mechanic that that's in the ue5 is just it's it's incredible so I, i'm very excited from a developer's point of view but i'm also excited to see what um what they do after wasteland 3 so that that's my uh, point of view. Yeah, and 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 again, folks, they, they, we don't know how far the game is out, but the fact that they have twenty three studios, potentially even adding more uh, by the end of the year, with thirty five plus teams, it is going to be an onslaught of games coming out. And what it's going to do is it's going to alleviate the stress of having to have that game available because they have so many teams working. One of the biggest problems with Xbox. Uh, you know, pre uh, E3 2018 was they didn't have enough studios, but more importantly, didn't have enough teams in these studios making games to come out, you know, one after another. Uh, even even some of the smaller titles, they were just left out there to hang. And, uh, you know, and one thing that we have learned and we've seen work to success from Sony's point of view is some of the smaller games may only be 80s, right, or even 70s. But they could survive and thrive being surrounded by AAA bombs. And I think that you're going to see that happen to Microsoft. You're going to see them have the fables and, of course, 
the halos and the gears and the forces and the avows and you're going to see all of these amazing games come out but then they're going to still allow their their other smaller teams to put out these single and double a games and they will they will be in the game pass day and date and they will be able to thrive because people are going to be excited and hyped from the bigger titles and that hype and excitement is going to move towards the smaller ones we've seen that you Sony use that to great success this entire generation, and we're going to see that come for the Xbox. But what I want to do is I want to move on to a topic that I'm not sure if Zemi is ready to talk about because it is a horror title. And, of course, being that it is close to Halloween, I could not resist by putting this in. Now, look, one of the more creepy titles being released for the Xbox Series X and S is a game that many who watched the May 13th Xbox event, uh, got some serious alien H.R. Geiger vibes from. And thanks to the new 13-plus-minute horrifying trailer that I forced Zemi to watch, and hopefully he did, we have some gameplay to discuss. Now, BB Software is the developer that's going to be releasing Scorn. And Scorn is a dark and grotesque horror adventure game set within a biomechanical labyrinth. It has been many years in the making. First revealed in 2016, Scorn is a narrative-driven FPS that blends Bioshock's grotesque body horror and action gameplay with the bizarre and nightmarish imagery from, of course, H.R. Geiger's work with the Alien franchise. Now, Scorn will be making its debut both on the PC and Xbox Series X and S as a next-gen next console exclusive with a planned release sometime in 2021. We are hearing potentially the first quarter of 2021 and I got to tell you, man, that game looks crazy gross, but it looks crazy sick as well. And I'm going to go to Zemi first. Zemi, <laughs> did you get a chance to watch the horrifying uh, <laughs> trailer? More importantly, did you watch it with the sound on? <laughs> well, the sound was, you know, on. I mean, it wasn't all the way up, but it, it, the sound was on. And um, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be completely honest. I, You know... I'm probably not going to get too many likes on this opinion, but I did think it was exceedingly gross, which, you know, I mean, it was just, you know, body parts everywhere on the walls, you know, uh, whoever was their interior decorator really just, just went everywhere with it. Drop the ball. They dropped it, the ball. It was, it was very creepy. It was very creepy and it was horrifyingly boring. Like, that's just my opinion. I okay. thought the game just looked absolutely boring. <laughs> I, I I thought it looked really, really slow. Like, reloading weapons looked like it took three freaking seconds. Um, you know, of course, you know, the guy was walking around the whole time, which I think was kind of like their kind of artistic focus of, like, letting you see everything. Because, you know, later on, you could see him, you know, the player sprinting and, and, and whatnot. Um but I just thought it was slow. I, I, I you know, I, I, I kind of like the inclusion of, uh, in some ways, puzzles of being able to sneak around some of like the grotesque monsters or like have them run in a circle to get through a gate um, and, and, you know, go up top and change like the different gears around to get through certain levels. But, you know, ultimately, I just thought it was really, really boring. And I, and I thought that the shooting mechanics really, yeah, exactly. you know, looked pretty rough and, and weren't all that smooth. 
Um, I don't know. I just, you know, it just did not, it did not, I don't know if bad bit is agreeing with me or if he absolutely tagged me. me. I'm going to tag in. But you're, you're tagged in. in. There you go. Take it away. This game shouldn't exist. It's way too gross. It makes me feel inside out uncomfortable (laughs) and I get it. That's their, that's their go at it. That's their vision. That's whatever. You know, you got wall alien penises. We saw them. We can't unsee them. And this (laughs) gameplay had me noped from the moment it started. I I don't know why anybody would want to be excited for this game. I mean, looks gross it just looks gross i don't and, and listen i love alien i love alien and you went a little bit too far like alien's my favorite <laughs> horror franchise and i'm telling you you cross the line somewhere it grossed me out and yes i will have to say i think some of some of their creative directions in this video made it just kind of like okay you just give me e sounds right like i'm just stepping on mush uh but like other than that <sighs> Yeah, this one, this one is a total pass game. I don't understand why everyone's excited or, or anyone. I'm not even saying I've, I've seen no hype. This game just is gross. Get out of my face. <laughs> hey, listen, you know what? Again, it, not every game is for every gamer. Uh, what, what's interesting and what I'm, I'm going to go to Boxer Bear next on this Boxer Bear. I don't, I don't know what your level of grossness was hit, surpassed, or it went underneath for you. For me, I, I, I got a lot of Bioshock feeling from it. As a matter of fact, you know, you know what I got a lot of, which a lot of people will not remember this game. It reminded me of the first Prey. The first Prey had a very, very alien esque grossness to it. You know, you're going around in the ship. You're seeing people get, you know, diced up the pieces. There's body parts all over the place. It is, it is, I mean, obviously it takes heavily from H.R. Geiger, which of course it was, was the artist that created the alien, uh, you know, uh, artwork. And then of course, then it was made into a franchise. I think it looks incredible. I, it looks in, first of all, the graphics running in 4K looked incredibly detailed. And again, like Joe was saying, the squishy sounds when you're walking around, you sound like you're like everything is wet and everything is full of blood or whatever that organism is. I got super hyped for it. What are your thoughts on it, bro? <laughs> Again, I have to sign with Joe. Uh, just gross. <laughs> A little bit too gross for me personally. Good for those who like it. I don't think it's for me the game. Um, to be honest, I, I also didn't really uh, think the, the gameplay looked that interesting. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Um, it wasn't really puzzle solving. It wasn't really actioned. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking uh, this is a game I will sit out. There are tons of others that, that uh, are better suited for my personal needs. All right. I mean, listen, again, it's one of those games. I didn't know where it was going to land with the, with, with the panel. I don't know where it's going to land with the chat. If you're excited, you know, let's do this while we get into the, the remainder of the, of the panel members. If you are excited for Scorn, throw one up there. If it's too gross or, like Thanaros just said, moist. 
for you. Throw a two up there. Let's get the poll. Let's just check the pulse of the community. We, folks, we have almost 800, and we had actually surpassed 800 people here. Moist. Yes, moist. Use the word moist. I sure did. Uh, yeah, you like that? You know, you know what's even worse than moist is secretions. <laughs> that's even worse. That's, that's a bad word. Listen, look, folks, you know what? We're getting a lot of ones in this chat. No, they're people... trolling. They're just here to troll us. <laughs> they're here to troll <laughs> VJ, let's get your opinion on the moist game known as Scorn. Did you get a chance to watch the 13-minute trailer? And more importantly, were you amped? Or did you need a towelette after watching the trailer? <laughs> I really don't know how to follow on from secretion. <laughs> it's the word that gets everyone, I know. Uh, I, have to be, I have to be honest, this game really didn't do anything for me. As yet, as yet. We only saw okay. minutes. And um, I'd like to more, le learn more about the narrative for the game because, uh, you know, as I said, I like yeah, I right. You want to know how you got there? What what what's the premise? Are they yeah. aliens? Are they? Is it hell that you're in? It'd, it'd be nice to have some narrative with maybe the next trailer giving us a, a you know a background explanation to what's happening. Uh, absolutely, especially as I said, you know, my my, my first and foremost, uh, my go-to genre is RPGs. So so that was that was something that was missing that might that might frame the game in a completely different light. Uh, visually, I'm um, visually from a visual perspective. I know graphics aren't everything, but uh, when I saw it, it just I don't know why, but my mind jumped to uh, Bright Memory Infinite. I really I'd really like to learn more about that game as well. If I give that a quick mention, uh, I know next not next to nothing about um, is it Eb Studios. Or Eb EBB Studio, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The geographical location. I think they're based in Serbia. Or what their previous games are, their team background, what their funding situation is, what their ambitions are, and really just what makes them tick and get up out of bed uh, each and every morning. And there's that word again, secretion. And um, however, <laughs> the, the June trailer and um, the gameplay trailer. Um, just uh, I think was it was it yesterday? I, I can't remember when you sent the link. When was it yesterday or the day before? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it, it did cast my mind back to, and you've already kind of mentioned it, but it cast my back, mind back to the Ridley Scott movie, Prometheus, which I probably did for a lot of people. Um, I'm not sure um, if you, if everybody kind of recalls the pyramid, right, and, and the vast sort of kind of core central chamber. That, that, that was really creepy. And uh, it had some sort of strange open spaces and doom-like hallways with, like, sort of occasional shafts of light. So I was expecting to see sort of more of that based on the June trailer, um, the the similarity for me uh, is the way that the between between the movie and and scorn environment seem to be, you know, seem to be sort of like living and breathing environment somewhat. Uh, just as the pyramid was in Prometheus, it felt like it was alive or once was alive. And uh, they were obviously doing some uh, poking around them. And, and I don't want to spoil the movie for anyone. Um, I was going to say I would be interested to know if. Uh, uh, Prometheus was um, an inspiration for the developer of Scorn a project in any way. And I think you ju you just touched on it anyway. But um, so uh, just before the show, because it was kind of really bugging me. So uh, I did a quick check. And uh, as you mentioned, I think it was Two Eyes, H.R. Geiger, um, which was uh, really weird because it was just like passed away from like fatally being stabbed in his apartment. And you can find all this on, on, on Wikipedia. And then there was another artist, um, 
and I really don't want to pronounce his name, but I think it was Zdislav uh, Beksinski or something along that along those lines, um, who designed and painted concepts, I believe, for the movie Alien. So anyway, that's that's all really I've got for you, uh, Aboom. I think the rest of the panel really covered off um, their, their take on it and on the on the short trailer, gameplay trailer that we've seen. But um, I'm sure the game's going to be for someone, Boom. And if it's in Game Pass, then we've got nothing to actually complain about. Well, you know something, Dave. It's actually if you if you for the thirteen plus minutes at the end where the credits roll, it has been confirmed to be in Game Pass day and date, which is pretty awesome. Uh, so if mm -hmm. if it's a game that you might want to try and see if the moistness is for you or not, you at least don't have to pay for it. Let's get Three Bit's opinion on this. Three Bit, are you my team on Team Scorn, or is the game literally too gross for you? I might be the only one on the, on the panel that's really excited for this game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I think it does Alien better than Alien um, in most most of the sense. It, it's here's the thing: it, it's a genre. I don't think every game needs to be fast paced or have jump scares. It, it felt pretty immersive to me, uh, which I think is the goal. It was very gross, mm -hmm. uh, which it's it's so different to me that I'm like it pulls me in i'm like okay it, it i i just like different things you know I, I like experience experiencing different games different genres um so yeah i, I think uh microsoft has quite a lot of horror games coming up with scorn martha is dead and the medium uh but yeah I, I thought it looked great it's it's really awesome to see the graphics improve closer uh to the launch um rather than the downgrade we would get sometimes with like ubisoft titles um, if, if you look at the gameplay from like years ago and look at it now, you can really see the, um, um, the volumetric fog, <laughs> yeah. um, it, that's really improved and the lighting is significantly improved. Um, but yeah, it looks disgusting. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm interested in, in the art style, um, in the game itself. Cause it looks like a, a concept art sort of coming to life. And I'm a big fan of like, uh, uh, of uh hr geiger's work and um the the game is heavily inspired by that and i, I would say the the criticism is is the game does seem to have a slow pace so far um but I, i'm hoping that's because they're hiding some segments and, and maybe yes. when, when you play it uh the tensions are pretty high um but in in terms of like what i've seen like it's different so I'm I'm kind of tired of playing the same game sometimes, and so when a game like mixes mixes it up a little bit, I'm 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 for it. Scorn for the win. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, and I agree. And I, and again, it's one of those games in Game Pass. You don't have to buy it if you have Game Pass. It you can play it again if it's too gross, it's too if it's out of your wheelhouse. You don't you you, you didn't lose anything by trying it. You tried it. It wasn't for you. And again, you just move on to something else. You know what? Before we move on to the the big topic of the show, and this is the one that Boxer Bear has been uh, I've been chomping at the bit to get into. I gotta thank a couple of people. First of all, we have a new channel member. Let me name her over here. Thank you so much, brother. It's um, it is Infinity has become a member, and you have entered into the contest that wife and I, Mrs. Moore, as well as my brother Neo Mental, are running. Uh, that we will be picking winners the first week. 
of November, and that's a chance to win yourself an Xbox Series X or a PlayStation 5 Digital Edition with uh, the uh, Deluxe Edition of Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, we're also giving away, thanks to Mrs. Boomstick, uh, she was able to secure an additional controller for both consoles. Those are going to be separate prizes. And if you drop Super Chats in here, folks, and people have been dropping them in there for 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 quite some time, you're going to be entered to win one of 10 PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X games, one game per winner. Those prizes and uh, uh, those winners are going to be picked the first week of November. So I'm going to thank you for doing that, brother. Super appreciate that. We also have a couple of Super Chats that have recently come in. Let me get to those before we get to the main topic of the show. Uh, we have another one that just came in, another Super Chat from our very good friend, Reggie Mobile 9 He drops a very generous $5 Super Chat and says, hey, boom, uh, um, and, and squad. I can't get down with scorn. However, atmosphere was top of the line. And when you see the sky, it really creeps you out, almost suffocating. Wow. That's, that's, wow. That's, that's an interesting um, thought and theory, dude. And Reggie mobile nine drops another outstanding $2 super chat and says, if this was a level, it would be, uh, if this was a level, it would have been incredible. Yeah, I, listen, I, I think we're going to see a lot of different... I, I think what they showed was just to give you the, I suppose, creepiness of the game. We'll, I'm assuming we're going to see more very soon. Warwick Gaming and, and Horror Movie Review drops in a very a, a very uh, generous and additional $5 super chat and says, Fable 4 is a Game Pass game. It should be on all other Xbox platforms, not just next-gen consoles. Otherwise, Game Pass subscribers are getting screwed. I disagree. I disagree with you because I think that if we have any information based on what Microsoft is saying, xCloud is going to be available on your older consoles, so you will be able to take advantage of streaming that title through your console. So you'll still be able to play it. You just won't get all of the bells and whistles from what I understand because you, you, you're going to need hard. I mean, you're going to need hardware to uh, take advantage of ray tracing and frames per second. I mean, you can only do so much through streaming. So you'll experience it if, if what, what Phil Spencer said is going to come to fruition uh, because we know that they're going to be doing xCloud through a browser and we can do a browser through your xbox so if, if it works on apple it's probably going to work on your console uh but i i'm i'm in the mindset that a 300 um series s uh, or or a 500 series x to play next gen games that shouldn't be held back by old hardware is is microsoft is not doing a sony they're not saying hey it's four and five hundred dollars suck it if you don't have it you can take advantage of Xbox All Access, which allows you to pay $25 a month or $35 a month. So Agreed. the options are there. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I cracked up. First off, yeah, I think there's also like internal debate within uh, uh, Microsoft. They're like, should we allow these old consoles to do the streaming thing to, to play the, 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 what will be the next gen games? But I am laughing at like, what if just Jim Ryan just walked up on stage? He's like, and uh, so these games are only for PlayStation 5. And if you don't like it, 
suck it. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be what funny. Would, but he would, he, he would, it would be a, a moment like uh, this Triple is, H right he, there. <laughs> and he'd have to have the fireworks. Well, we have a console for you. It's yeah, oh, yes. Yeah, we have a console for you. It's called the PlayStation 4 Pro. Anyway, we have Mike um ask you junior becomes a channel member hey mike thank you so much for being here but more importantly thank you for supporting the channel we have chris nye with the outstanding and very generous one dollar super chat and we have another channel member thank you so much skywalker uav1 thank you for becoming a channel member for double barrel gaming so let's get let's get to the big topic of the day folks and and this one is there's been a lot of internal debate. Uh, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, questions as to what is going to happen. But, you know, as we get closer to the launch of the Xbox Series X and S, which, by the way, is 19 days away, we have confirmation that some big digital events or Xbox digital events will be taking place around the world on November 9th of 2020. And what's perplexing and very exciting both at the same time is that we're hearing that Xbox has a huge 90 to 100 minute show lined up for millions of their Xbox fans. And that includes potential, not only new studio announcements, which we've which, which been hearing on the back channels, some game trailers on several of the Xbox Game Studio titles in active development. And one of those titles, folks, is Hellblade 2. We have heard rumors that that trailer is done and ready to go and will be displayed on November 9th for everyone to see actual gameplay running on the Series X. And, of course, that is going to be dope. But Xbox has this digital event planned for November and again, it is supposed to reveal a lot of game play for the console, hyping up everyone who is going to run out, potentially pick up their pre-order, and hopefully, if you didn't get a pre-order in, go and secure your new console, whether it be the Series X or S on November 10th. Now, as you may know, and Xbox has already confirmed... There are two events that we can talk about. One is happening in New Zealand. Now, that one is a mysterious event. Again, there's not a lot of information behind it. There is also another event taking place in Mexico City, where, of course, EXO uh, happened in 2018. We don't have a lot of information, but, they, but Xbox Mexico on their Twitter account talked about being prepared for November 9th. And there is going to be one here for the States. We just don't know the particulars. So I really want to go to Archimedes first because Archimedes was very all up in arms about this <laughs> because he thought that Euro the Europeans, where he is from, were going to get the short end of the stick. And it appears that Microsoft has heard the complaints and will be announcing another mainstream event for the States, which should coincide with, of course, Europe. I mean, listen, it's going to be a celebration. It is the day before the launch of the console, which is launching into, I think it's a total of 36 markets to start. And then it's going to be 41 a, a week later, which is going to be a total of 41 regions where Microsoft is going to have this console, both consoles available, which is out is in outrageous. And if you are curious as to how many regions will be, ha will have the the Xbox all access, it's over a dozen 
regions will uh, offer that service to you if you can't buy the console outright. Archimedes, besides your your up in arms, uh, you know, situation, what are you expecting? Is Microsoft holding the best of the best of the best right before the console launch to to get the, basically the fan base excited? Oh, yeah, they are. But before I answer your question, Boom, I want to get something out there because we already have now 750 live viewers and only 300 likes. And this I is know, outrageous. Boom, you are always too humble to ask them to hit that like button, so I'll do it for you. Please, guys, hit the like button. It really does not cost anything. No one can see whether you like the show or not. It is absolutely anonymous, and Boom really deserves that support. Um, for those, I, I want to put that out there. For those who follow me, I'm I'm making the rounds in different podcasts, and really, Boom is the 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 guy I know that puts the most work into these shows. If you have ever been in a podcast with Boom, you see that he puts a lot of work upfront into these shows. He does his research. He puts together the notes. It sometimes takes me 15 minutes to read through his notes because he <laughs> does so much research for these shows. And it is really, he deserves those likes. And if you are new here, consider that subscribe button. That is also free and it really helps him a lot. And he deserves that. Um, I definitely appreciate that. Thank you so much for the the uh, the uh, the high marks. Uh, I definitely appreciate it. And yes, folks, listen again. Again, I do this out of the love of this community. When I built this channel, the community was the at the forefront of my decision to become a content creator to involve you in. Anyone, I mean, again, back in the days, I was just a guy that made videos. I had no idea about doing live content until I became a, you know, a guest on on people's shows. And I thought, well, heck, I can do my I can do my own show, and it ex has exploded into four shows a week. That's a tremendous. I mean, I, listen again. I'm not expecting a pat on the ass. I don't because I do this. No one's forcing me. I love doing the content. You're gonna get one anyway. Oh, I, well, I appreciate that. Thank you. I just felt it. Thank you. The, the love. I love. I, I absolutely appreciate the love. But listen. If you are here and you are, uh, you know, you're finding your, your, your that your day is a little bit better because you, you get a chance to talk about uh, heal or listen uh, to a bunch of guys talk about games, hit the like button and, and, and really consider subscribing. I'm closing in on 7000 subs. And that's a big deal because I had pegged myself for 5000. That was the goal for 2020. And I have exploded well past it. I'm hoping to hit that 10K before the end of the year. It doesn't seem attainable with only so much left in the year. But you know what? I'm going to give it the old college effort. And if you are here and you are enjoying it, consider subscribing to the channel and definitely hitting that like button. So, Boxer Bear, let's get your opinion on this. You know, we we, we have only a, a little bit of information, but, like, the question I really want you to, to yeah. kind of to, to answer is, is Microsoft holding back some of the best of the best content to excite us? Yeah, I've been saying it all year. Um, with the whole situation we have worldwide right now, Microsoft is really relying on social media for marketing. Um, we don't have E3, Gamescom, um, whatever. All these shows, they are not, we, we can visit them this year. This is what they would have usually done. 
market them, show people, the gamers, the console, give them the console, the controllers in the hands to try it out. This is not possible in 2020. So they have to rely on social media. And social media has one thing that that is really um, strange. And that is that a hype dies off really, really fast. It does. You see, Microsoft announced Bethesda. One week, everybody was talking about this. And then, bam, gone. No one talks about it. You see, rarely, of course, when the topic comes up, everyone says, oh, well, Xbox has games, but the hype was gone. It was only one week. And that's why I've been saying it all year, that we will get the biggest news in the week or two weeks before the launch of the console. Um, so this does not come as a surprise at all for, uh, for me. Um, originally, I heard that this event was planned for November 6th. It got apparently moved now to November 9th. Yep. And um, yeah, you mentioned the New Zealand and Xbox Mexico tweets. Those are local launch events. Yeah. Um, the, but the, the rumor we are talking about right now is an XO 2020 event. I'll yes. call it that. I don't know whether it would be, will be titled like that, but it is. The it's XO actually called XO 20 Celebrate Together. All right, then that's what, what it is called. And this event um, is, like you said, a, a global event. Um, there was one thing that you mentioned it, it, it um, um, put me a little bit off because in a in one league we got, there was the time, uh, it was scheduled for 8 p.m. Eastern, which would make it 2 a.m. Um, here in Europe. Uh, so basically Europeans would get left out, but I doubt that this will be true, to be honest, um, because Microsoft has tried to, to improve the inclusion of the European market and other markets like Australia, New Zealand, etc., and Japan, and for them having an 8 p.m. Eastern show wouldn't make sense. Um, I know that they have done that a lot in the past, just ignore everything outside the U.S., but that has changed, and I'm fingers crossed um, um, that this is not going to happen, but I think the event will happen. And now I'm coming to the, your actual question. Did they save the best for last? Um, yeah, they do. Um, I still can't believe that they won't show any gameplay from the first party titles. Um, yeah. And I know that a lot of people out there say, ah, the games are early in development. Yeah, well, um, early in development became kind of like a catchphrase for marketing that for we are not ready to show it yet. Um, because early in development, most of the games we are talking about are not early in development. Let me give you, I, I made a, did a little research for my video. So I have a list here right in front of me. Fable. How long is Fable in development? It is at least three years and 10 months in development. January 2017 was the first rumor that Playground is working on that game. So at least three years and 10 months. That's not early in development. Hellblade right. 2, more than three years in development. August 2017. Yeah, is when the development for that game started. So more than three years, not early in development. Forza, the Forza Turn 10 was a developer who put out games uh, every second year, yeah? every other year. Now they have already developed or worked on for the next Forza game for three years. So yeah, not early in development. Three years is not early in development. And I could go on. There are a ton of other games. Halo, five years, Yeah, more than five years in mm -hmm. development. All these games are not early in development. 
in, in, in the sense how I define early in development. And if you cannot show something from a game after three years, four years or whatever they are in development, you, you have a problem, <laughs> to be honest. So, no, I don't think that they, um, I, I, or uh, let me rephrase that. I think they will show at least three to five games running on the Series X. Which games those uh, will be? Um, I don't know yet. Um, Hellblade is the one I'm, I would definitely say, uh, assume. The rumor is out there that they have already, um, another trailer finished, um, and captured everything so i bet this will be shown off and then we will see whether it will be fable forza whatever psychonauts 2 is definitely one um and yeah um that is definitely something they will show and then on top of that they will announce a couple of games i'm pretty sure about that uh, the initiative we know that this game is already ready to be uh, or is in a playable state yeah drew murray i don't know if anyone has seen that tweet and yes. the, mm -hmm. um, his daughter was playing the game. Exactly. His daughter was playing the game. So at least the game is in a playable state. I bet that they will announce that game. Maybe the In Exile game. I don't know. I wouldn't count necessarily on the Bethesda games. I would put that in a maybe because mm -hmm. that deal is not finalized yet. I'm hearing February 21 is, is when they target to finally seal and close the deal. And I... I'm not sure if they will announce games before that deal is really finalized. So take that with a maybe. If they show something, that's going to be Starfield. I have no doubt there because every Microsoft executive, uh, whether it was Satya Nadella, the, the, the CFO from Microsoft or Phil or whatever, Aaron Greenberg, everyone was talking about Starfield um, when they were asked about the Bethesda deal. So um, this game is probably closer to launch than we might think. Um, yeah, so now I hope I did answer your question. Yeah, 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 for yeah, last. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. love the rant. Oh, well. I dug it, dude. I dug it. Uh, well, there's a ton of stuff. Um, and uh, I have a couple of other thoughts as well for the event, but I'm uh, not going to put them out today because, yeah, just wait for Monday's video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, obviously, you know, we want we want to hear what you have to say about, about Roger video. But listen, Zemi, I want to go to you next on this because what we have here for the summary of the supposed leaked information is that the event is called XO20 Celebrate Together. Uh, it's set to be on the 9th, and like Archimedes said, it was originally supposed to be for the 6th, but it was slightly delayed. It's supposed to happen at uh, Amway Center in Orlando, Florida. That is where it's supposed to happen. It's going to be using a variant of the WWE Thunderdome with a, lim a limited number of spots available. A small majority of spots will go to streamers and, of course, the press. Uh, this is in, in partnership with WWE. Uh, it's going to be supposedly, according to this leak, televised at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard uh, Time on Fox, of all places, and streamed on local media platforms, which is crazy. Uh, the new game—they're supposed to have new game reveals and updates to many games that are currently in active development at Xbox Game Studios. And this is where it gets even a little bit more interesting. Besides the event running for 90 to 100 minutes, which is over an hour and a half, and that's pretty awesome. 
EA is going to be there, but they're going to announce a new licensed game, a new IP that's not Star Wars or sport or sports game related at the event, and it's currently codenamed Olivia. Now, I don't know what that code name stands for and exactly what it means, but when you hear all of this, I mean, obviously, Microsoft is right now, they are running the gauntlet. You know, they have the power, right? Now, maybe their launch games, not the strongest for a launch. There's no doubt about it. No one's going to take anything away from that. But they have the people excited. We're going to get we're getting Halo to run at 120 frames per second. We're getting mm-hmm. many of the games to run at speeds that we have never personally encountered. At least I haven't because I don't game on PC. Um, obviously, the thought and theories of what's coming for the future of Xbox is super exciting. But this this event is coming hours before the actual launch. And I think Microsoft is going to bring their big guns. What are your thoughts on it? You know, it's an exciting time to be a gamer. We've, we've been saying this pretty much all year, but, you know, even more, it is really, really exciting to be an Xbox gamer. There's just so much, you know, potential out there for this company and, and what they've currently done. I, I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't be amazed if we didn't get, you know, more studio acquisitions, you know, which is something that you uh, have been talking about. And I think maybe Archimedes has actually even mentioned uh, once or twice. Um, but, you know, I... I it's just it's really an exciting time you know like what archimedes was saying you know i I think that there is definitely um great potential that we will see uh you know uh new games being announced um you know we're possibly seeing some uh actual gameplay from you know certain games like you know maybe maybe seeing something from hellblade maybe seeing something from fable maybe seeing something from the initiative's newest game um and and i think overall it's just going to be in in some ways just a a very big celebratory moment for xbox fans uh you know of course especially here in the united states but of course overseas as well because yeah the show doesn't you know air uh, like archimedes was saying uh in his country until you know 2 a.m but you know there's still going to be plenty of people that are xbox fans in those you know countries that are far away that are gonna stay up just to watch this event yeah and I actually did want to kind of touch on Archimedes, you know, opinion about that. And and I agree with you and I can empathize 100%. And it sucks that, you know, the show, you know, that you guys aren't getting a show, you know, for Europe and hopefully, you know, Microsoft uh, and, you know, in the Xbox division is able to, you know, rectify that and, and, and give, you know, some love over there to, you know, Europe. Uh, because there are plenty of of uh, Xbox fans over there, you know. Uh, I think Italy is a huge, huge, huge hotspot for Xbox fans, yeah. Uh, specifically, but Definitely. what I will say about that is that you know these types of shows, like yes, they're they are for the community and stuff like that, but they're also really, really big into marketing, and they want to have the biggest impact for them for for their dollar spent for these events. And the United States of America is the second largest country for gaming revenue right underneath China, you know, by, by, you know, a, a, you know, I say a little bit, but you know, it's a, you know, a couple of a hundred billions uh, of dollars. Um, and, and so for, for them putting a huge focus on America is, is for that reason, they're going to get the biggest bang for their buck. There are, you know, this is the second highest uh you know gaming revenue country and you know in the world and so from that point of view i'm not really too surprised or too shocked that you know they're having this big event in 
uh, in America rather than other places on the planet. But I do agree. I, I definitely wish that we would see, you know, more support and more, you know, uh, events, you know, uh, I, I guess across the pond, uh, as VJ might say, you know, and, 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 you know, and further out as well. But I, I think that, you know, A, it's going to be a huge celebratory moment, you know, uh, four hours until the launch of these consoles, um, you know, being televised on Fox, that is a huge thing. The amount of reach that they're going to be able to get from that, I think, is going to be really, really impressive, uh, as well as being, you know, live streamed all over the world. And I think we're going to get a lot of uh, a lot of game announcements, uh, you know, a lot of um, just a lot of goodness. Right. I, I, and I really, really, truly believe that uh, this that we might get that acquisition that we have been hearing so many rumors about. Some people think it's a Japanese studio. Some people, you know, think it's, you know, still WB games. Some people think have been thrown out Ubisoft. Uh, a ton of, you know, tons of rumors have been going around about the next uh, Microsoft's, uh, you know, acquisition uh, for, you know, the Xbox Game Studios. And I think that, you know, this would be a very, very powerful moment uh, to come on that stage and say, hey, you know, we just acquired Sega or hey, we just acquired uh, Warner Brothers or whatever, you know, right there four hours between, uh, you know, before launch, you know, is really going to ingrain into people's minds why they should buy an Xbox this upcoming generation. No, it makes sense. And what I what I'm hearing is it's not a developer; it's a publisher. They're going to mm -hmm. announce now what that publisher is. Again, we, we we can we can we can do the round robin. Is it Capcom? Is it Sega? Is it Ubisoft? Is it WB? Is WB back on the table? I don't we know. Can play, I, we could play this game all day long. Yeah, I know. And it's going to, but whatever it is, it's going to be big. And, and like I said, it it makes sense. It makes sense because the Bethesda news came on the heels of uh, of the reserves. And that, mm -hmm. that, that excitement from Microsoft adding Bethesda and, and now having 23 um, studios to make games for the Xbox sent people into a frenzy. People that, and, and we've heard this in the community, people that were not going to buy an Xbox Series X went out and pre-ordered a Series X if they could find it because of the excitement. And I think Microsoft is going to not only show some games, they're going to make a big announcement. And based on what I'm hearing, it's not a developer, folks. It is a publisher. And the publisher apparently is what I put it to this way. What has been explained to me? And again, this is uh, this is just based on someone that's telling me the information that is this next purchase is going to dwarf the Bethesda deal. Now, what exactly that is, I don't know. If you want my honest opinion, I want it to be Capcom. If, if I had to guess. If I really, if I if I wanted to wish and rub the lamp and have the genie pop out, I'd say get get Capcom because their oh, IPs that, are ridiculous. Would that be bigger than than uh, Bethesda? I think it would be just because of the fact of, of what Capcom has as their IPs. The fact that they have the brand new RE engine that would be uh, now an Xbox exclusive. Uh, that engine would be used for many of their first party games. That engine is amazing, but more importantly, because of their foothold in Japan, it would go, it would coincide with Microsoft wanting to not just dominate in Europe, not just dominate in the United States, but to have a, uh, to, to actually have a placehold and a relevance both in Asia and, there and, and more specifically Japan and China. Well, their next acquisition is, is going to make. When you when you see it, you're gonna be like, "Oh, dang! All right, that makes sense. Like that's what it's gonna be. Right? Uh, mm -hmm. It's it's about it's about the power of the ecosystem. So when you see that purchase get made, 
Um, if it is what we're all thinking it is, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be something that you're gonna be like, oh dang, okay, that's cool. And uh, it's not so much of like a knock against Sony as more of like a consolidating of ecosystems. So it's gonna be yeah. interesting to see for sure. And if you know what, is, Joe, you want to say something? Examine. Well, I, I was just going to add in to like your point is that if it is a Japanese studio, whether that's you know uh, Square Enix or Capcom or Sega or whoever it is, if it is a Japanese you know company publisher you know and developer, you know that has a tremendous amount of meaning you know for the Xbox brand as historically they have just done very very poorly in in you know in that region. So yeah, I, it's probably it, not a publicly traded company though. So let's aim at private. Yeah, private. Yeah. Private. You could go to a couple of the main investors and make them an offer. Whereas, like, you can buy a significant stock in a company and have that say as you want. So, like, uh, for example, the Pokemon company is not a Nintendo company. They could, if they ever wanted to, put their games out on a PlayStation. But yeah. Nintendo owns, I believe, thirty percent of that company. So that's never gonna happen. So they will always be buddy buddy with each other. So like any of the merchandising, that's not really going to Nintendo. That's all the Pokemon company, you know. So I would I would think more in the private sector if 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 that were to be the case. Yeah, and you know what? Let, let's go to you, Joe. I mean, let's sure. look. The, 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 here's the thing. It's going to be a celebration of Xbox, li yeah. literally leading up to the launch on the tenth. Uh, this is a big, big time event. It's happening on multiple regions at multiple times to keep yeah. the party train going. Though the mainstay, the one we're talking about right now, the one that's going to supposedly, again, folks, supposedly be over 90 minutes is going to bring some big bomb information. And considering the way that marketing has been working for Microsoft these last couple of months, they have been hitting on all cylinders and they want to keep that hype train going. If they could then steal some thunder away for, for from Sony, you know, leading up to the their console launch, which is literally hours before this show goes live. I mean, hours after this show goes live, it could be a big indication of how they really did change going into the next generation. For you, what are you expecting at this event? So, um, I'm I'm somewhere in the middle with all the hearsay. You're definitely going to see some announcements. You're definitely going to see some things. Um, but whatever Xbox could have shown that would be big, they have shown. Um, I so like when when we're talking about like a big syndicated thing on Fox. Okay, maybe, but at the same exact time, we're talking television. We're also talking ads. We're also talking like how are you going if if you're putting this on a cable network? How is that going to work? Mm -hmm. In terms of like, if and, and with another entity like WWE, so their show is usually on a Friday. Are we putting sh uh, stuff out on the sixth? Uh, because like the ninth wouldn't work out, right? So like that timetable, that's a Monday. Uh, you know their time slots on on Fridays. Uh, if it's a television, again, you need ads. You need people to get their eyes on it. Um, both you know, uh, ads on TV, social media wise. So if they're going to announce something that's a cable event, they need to do it literally by next week. Not even like they need to do it now. So some of the things I just don't think are, are accurate. I think some things are thrown there to be thrown there. Um, 
But when I'm thinking of, you know, this, this EXO event, it is more of what I'm thinking of like an Apple event, uh, in terms of like, if you've seen, some of the Apple events, they, they hone in on the, the mothership. They show all these people behind a green screen. They talk about these things happening similar to that of what we saw in August. Um, I think they want to give you one last hurrah of things like here, because again, the one, the, the most important thing you want to cover is what you've done this year. And then just tease a little bit of the future because you do not at the at the end of the day want to alienate the thirty games that you're putting out this holiday. Right. So you know you you want people to remember the medium. You want people to remember Scorn. You want people to remember Dirt. You want people to remember Assassin's Creed and all that. You really need those games right now because the launch is that. So I think what you're going to see is them talk about this brand. Talk about why it's awesome. Talk about the feature sets. It's really just one neat package of like, here's how easy backwards compatibility are. Here's some games that are working backwards compatible. Here are the launch titles you can expect. Here's a glimpse of Halo. Here's a glimpse of what next year is going to look like. And then give you that surprise announcement where we see person A, B, and C walk out of the acquisitions and saying that this is the thing that completes the fold of the uh, Xbox studios, right? Because if, again, the rumors are what they are, then you have that magic 30 number that you've wanted, and you have now this thing of, we are Xbox, we are PC, we are this one streaming entity yep. that is game pass. That's what you really want to encapsulate here. So I don't want to get anyone's and I'm, and I'm being very, very down to earth here because we always run into this with Xbox, right? Like I, what I don't want to see is people think that you're going to see master chief and smash, right? Well, I don't want people's expect what she should be. That's a mm -hmm. fact, but I don't want to get people's expectations there because God forbid he doesn't, he's not there. Then you're going to have all the videos afterwards of how everybody's disappointed. <laughs> you want a safe bet. You want a, a grounded expectations walking into said event to get people excited for the future of Xbox. No grand visions uh, that I'm having here. I want my expectations are at the surface. Get me excited. Get me to forget about 2020 even existing. Get me excited for Xbox. That's what they're going to do. So yeah. again, it, focus on what's launching this year. Focus on uh, the highlights of what you have in store next year. Give those us that publisher announcement. Yeah. Wrap it all up. Yeah. That's I all agree. Xbox has to do. Yeah. You know. Now, and you know what? I mean, I'm coming from a marketing hat that you wear. You 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 can understand not only the importance but the significance of doing exactly yeah. what you said. Not going too extreme, not expecting too much, but expecting something special nonetheless. Because it is that it is again the day before the launch of the console. They want to yeah. continue to stoke that fire. So when obviously the next day comes, uh, people that were maybe on the fence were like, "Whoa." That show was incredible. I'm super excited to, to, to be back to Xbox or to potentially join Xbox. I'm going to go out tomorrow and buy a console. Exactly. Or, or, yeah, so, that, again, what, what, that, that's, that, that, that seems like the perfect plan. VJ, it's not even like the, oh, the sales God. pitch, too. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's not even like that, like, go out there tomorrow. It's like, go out there when you can. Be safe. Wear a mask. Wear gloves. 
but like here's what we like be optimistic for the brand yes mm-hmm. you're already you, the next the first six months of this console it's already sold out you don't even have to worry about it you just got to sell people optimism yeah no you're absolutely right and i think they've been doing well with that and i think they will continue to go mm-hmm. down that road uh vj let's get your opinion on this brother because you you, you again you've won the hat from both perspectives and yeah. this is a big opportunity for uh the world that is going to be watching Microsoft uh, simply because there's multiple events going on around the world. But more importantly, everyone knows that the console is launching the next day. It is going to be a celebratory event. And I think that they have a real golden opportunity to potentially make people Xbox gamers based on what they show. What are your personal expectations for this event on the 9th? Um, I wasn't sure that I didn't know this was a topic today, boom. So I'll give it a go. I haven't had much time to think about it, but it was interesting to hear everybody's thoughts. And uh, I just wanted to touch on something that um, Archimedes was saying. And I and I understand, you know, that people want to see gameplay and so on and so forth. But I have to slightly disagree with him on a, on a macro level. I mean, just looking at, at God of War, that that had like two two and a half years of pre production planning, right? And uh, we don't. And these, I know, we all want to see. Um, gameplay from these big bangers, as, as you would call them. Um, but we don't know the vision, scope, or ingenuity they are all, that all these key developers are working towards. And, um, and Unreal, Films, Unreal 5 is not cu- currently like fully available right now, so they're all working on Unreal 4.25. And I think I would like to be patient, but that's my perspective. And if we push Xbox too hard and then they, in turn, push their developers, I'm worried that we won't we won't quite receive what we're anticipating. What I would prefer, and I believe to be fair, is a clear roadmap um, with a year or even a quarter, if it's possible. And uh, when to expect these games? That that would that, I think that would go a long way, whether they do or don't, or want to or do not want to, and the pros and cons of that, I, I don't know. But um, having come, so, but one thing I will say, looking towards the ninth boom, <laughs> having completed this sort of strange, surreal, and sometimes frustrating road to launch, it will be great to take a huge sigh of relief. Um, uh, but then, you know, you know, you're going to get all these other ridiculous shenanigans and clickbait narrative from the from the media, right? With all these comparisons, comparisons that are going to inevitably happen. Um, it's not something I'm looking forward to. I prefer to enjoy the games and often I think we're going to be pretty blessed in this regard going forward. But I, actually, boom, I would say that we're pretty blessed right now. We're pretty spoiled right now with everything that we have to play. And I think you, you said, you know, what, what is Microsoft going to do and so on and so forth. I, I think they've done a lot already. Uh, I think... I think we would all love a glimpse of what lies beyond in the coming months, coming quarters, and a glimpse into the future. That that would encapsulate everything for me, right? Whatever it is they show. And I know right now Hellblade is a hot topic, and it's really interesting to me as well, especially since it's been showcased and, and shown us some of that future promise. It's the one game that Xbox has pinned its hope on, uh, not in its entirety, just early on, right, at the moment. Right? It's, it's the thing at the moment to show us what the future holds and the promise and the excitement that comes with that. You know, heavy sits the crown in, in when it comes to, to, to Hellblade 2, uh, especially from a technical perspective. I have no fear when it comes to Senua Saga. From my personal experience with Ninja Theory, um, they are nothing if not technically proficient or really high up there across developers uh, across the world. Um, I, I would, I would, in terms of the event boom, um, I guess I'm really with uh, Mr. Bad Bit here. 
um, I, I would expect a decent refresher of everything we've we've come to know come to know so far. Mm-hmm. Maybe with some additional information, uh, maybe another glimpse into where they are in the development process and and what um, and what they've got to show us in terms of that. Uh, besides that. Um, and, and the panel, bar three bit, of course, uh, have pretty much covered off everything we could inevitably hope for, boom, or, or dream to see or hold on to. And talking of holding on to, uh, I still wish, I still hope that, I've never ordered from Costco before, so I really hope they come <laughs> through with, with the Series X yeah. this, this year. Um, you, you have to admit, and this is just going back to your, your question, boom, and, and the way you sort of uh, point the uh, uh, phrase it, you have to admit, uh, that Xbox has done everything right since December last year. With this ups and down, you know, not, no, nothing's been really smooth, not for anybody really in that regard. They've done everything to cause a, a schism, can I call it, or inflict or curate in, in their own personal way a paradigm shift in the industry going forward. And especially, I think, in, in terms of, um, you know, getting gamers um to, to, to come in and, and join what they've got to offer for the future. And uh, hopefully they're working really hard to uh, retain our generational loyalty. And if I think if that they, if they can actually bottle that somehow, boom, and present that message, then I, I think I think we'll all be very happy. So yeah, I, no, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Uh, real quick, let us uh, let me just catch up some of these super chats. First of all, we have Freddie... Um, Mazacek, I think that's how you how you pronounce it, brother. Thank you so much for the two dollar super chat. He says, "I think the Valve slash MS deal is there is is for their game studio." I I don't know if that's going to come to fruition. We've heard that you know Gabe Newell is currently uh, the owner of, of Valve. We know that he's retiring. Uh, we know that he's currently at in stuck in New Zealand. He has been there for a while, and we've actually you know we had a. a uh, a Zoom conference where both him and Phil Spencer were talking with um, uh, Keeley. So I don't know if there's something to that rumor. Um, if they bought, if they bought Valve, that would be ridiculous, uh, to be honest with you. But again, we'll we'll, we'll know shortly. Um, but uh, we also have a super chat coming in from a very, a very, uh, which he actually said something really nice. I'm going to read this loud on the air. Michael Garcia drops a very generous ten dollar super chat and says, "I'm really enjoying your content, Boom. You bring excitement to us, listeners." Heard you on RDX early in your podcast career. Look forward to your content weekly and enjoying listening while I work. Well, dude, thank you so much for the extreme compliment, and I'm happy to know that you are enjoying it. We also have Antron Williams drops a very generous $2 super chat and says, Rock work with Xbox before I believe they're more launch games. I mean, there could be some secret uh, secret stuff that they've been holding back. I mean, you, ju- you just never know, and they could be holding it back for this particular event. But three, but as we get everyone out of here and we close in on the two-hour mark, I want to get your opinion on this. For you personally, based on what you've heard from everyone, what are your expectation levels for this event that's supposed to happen on November 9th? Well, there, there's some weird stuff going on, guys. Well, for for one, for for the New Zealand event uh, on November 9th, I think it's just a little bit of a coincidence <laughs> that Gabe Newell uh, applied for, you know, citizenship, citizenship in New Zealand, yes. mm-hmm. and then there's the event in New Zealand, and then they also had a the video chat for the mm-hmm. game award. So whether or not the Valve. It, 
is getting into the VR space with Microsoft, maybe at this show or or even the Game Awards show if they don't do it on November 9th, because I know uh, the Game Awards is December. Um, I think something there is very possible. I think people can clip this. <laughs> um, something there is very possible, whether it's... Uh, I, okay, here's the thing. So Bethesda was seven... What was it seven point five million dollars? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Well, Valve is not is not that far away from that. It's ten billion. Well, yes. I thought it was a lot more. No, the uh, market cap for them is ten. Would be ten billion. Yes. Yeah. Ten. Ten billion. Which you know, Ubisoft I, is nine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think they, if they wanted to, they could. Um. Just as something to, to point out there, and um, there for for this event, there is over forty games in development from Microsoft. Some that we haven't even seen. Um, and th- there's a, a lot of games um, that, uh, you know, f- they, they will, they're going to extremely benefit from the August showing being being CGI. <laughs> it, let's just say that, I would say, if they're going to show anything at this show. Um, because a lot of the games, uh, I, I think, were are pretty closer to the launch, like Crossfire X, for example. That still says 2020. We haven't seen gameplay for that necessarily. Uh, I think they're saving that for a showcase. So I have a feeling that will be there. We know there's rumors about Hellblade 2 being there um, and uh, th- them having a-, a trailer already done. And I think a lo- um, something to bring up is in terms of early development and, and, and something Archimedes was pointing out earlier, um, people should know that in the production pipeline, pipeline for games optimization is the very last step for a lot of developers like they'll put in all these different features in and then they clean it up um once they're once they're done pretty much so i I think for the most part a lot of these games just want to show the best (laughs) possible version for a lot of these games something archimedes also pointed out was the fact that a lot of these games um have been years in development so there could be possibly stuff shown i don't want to get my hopes up <laughs> but uh, i think a lot of these games uh that we haven't heard from a lot uh could be at the show we i have a feeling crossfire might be there i have a feeling yep. hellblade might be there maybe initiative we'll see um but yeah i think what what we can expect to see is you know just a celebration of uh of what Microsoft has done, um, maybe some Game Pass, and and I think it's it's just a collective of what they've done this year. So on a stage, so people can see it within like one video. Um, and for the most part, um, there, this is the whole thing with like the cable versus internet uh, topic. I was just talking with a couple of people. Um, they could kind of show it anywhere. Um, I, I, a lot of people. Uh, moved from cable i I know a lot of my friends aren't necessarily in the cable markets (laughs) space anymore they they just have netflix and hulu and that's that's how they stream stuff um so if they wanted to you know they could just they could reach archimedes just from doing it on youtube or or something like that so um yeah, uh, I'm trying to hit everybody's points because <laughs> I, I know I'm the last person. You nailed it. I um, think you're doing great. And yeah, I, and, and I agree. I think you're not yeah, out of park. Honestly, yeah. we at this point we can throw throw the you know the dart at the board and we can assume something with Valve. 
you know yeah <laughs> just because it, with valve it, it's it just seems very coincidental that the event is in new zealand and then he announced how much he loves new zealand and, and how much he likes the series x compared to the ps5 and also the fact that you know um the the event is in new zealand um it, it didn't have to be you know um so just i think, just sort of I, I think definitely it's it's one of those apple like and from new zealand gabe newell how's <laughs> hobbit land frodo you know yeah i put it this way regardless of what whatever they have planned what, whatever they are going to announce they have been leading themselves up to this particular moment. This this is not an accident. What we're going to see at this show has been specifically picked and held back for us to see to generate hype before the console's launch. They again, if you if you think that the announcement of Bethesda that Monday prior to the console being available for pre-order on Tuesday was some sort of a I woke up in the morning and forgot to hit the alarm button, you're sadly mistaken. <laughs> it was strategic. And all of their moves since then, and a lot of their moves since the almost the beginning of the year, even though they've had some, they've had some stumbles, but they, all companies do, but they have recovered well, and they have gotten the hype for the community at, at a raging pitch. And I think everyone's excited to get their consoles. And I think that this event, regardless of how much they show or how little they show, is going to be strategically put to getting people to get into the ecosystem. And I'm very excited, to be honest with you. I cannot wait. And I'm going to tell you this. First of all, before we get on at it, we have Hank Dank, who becomes a channel member. Thanks so much for supporting Double Barrel, Game, Double Barrel Gaming, my brother. I super appreciate it. But let's get everyone on out of here. Uh, obviously, we have lives to, to handle, and obviously we getting close to we're actually well well actually well past the two hour mark and i want to thank everybody for being here uh we had over 800 and the number that i saw was 813 people here for this show that is a big deal that is a big deal for me because this is still a small show when compared to some of the bigger ones and have this many people tuning in is tremendously exciting as a content creator to know that that that, that you guys and gals really enjoy the content and I want to thank you for being here. Of course, I want to thank the super chats that came in in a massive amount of uh, as usual. I mean, the, the, the generosity from you guys and gals is so humbling. And it is it is it is uh, it is unbelievable to think that you enjoy the content that much that you're taking money out of your pocket to donate to the channel. So thank you. And speaking of which, Shanshu drops a very generous two dollar super chat. Says, "Great show, boom and panel. Thanks." Well, thank you, brother. Super appreciate it. But let's get everyone out of here. And Zemi, we'll start with you first. Um, obviously, you are one of the founding fathers of this particular podcast, and it's great to have you on each and every week. Uh, do me a favor, brother. Tell everyone not only about your one channel that people can go for tips, tricks, and uh, you know breakdowns, but you also have a cooking channel that you have been neglecting, but you will be, you know, obviously as we get closer to the holidays and potentially making some great meals that you could put up there, as well as your outstanding Twitch channel that we're going to be streaming on this Friday after 1 p.m. Founding father. My outreach just keep getting better and better. Boom. There you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I have two YouTube channels. The first one's called Zimmy Games, where you uh, can find a bunch of gaming-related content, such as tutorials, news videos, and reviews. Uh, my second YouTube channel is called Zimmy Eats, um, which is a channel I've abandoned, but one day uh, plan to get back to. 
and that is a food channel where I do cooking recipe videos and food reviews. Uh, you guys can also follow me on Twitter at Zimmy Games, and I say this during every show, uh, and I truly do mean it. Uh, if you heard something during today's show that I said that you agree with, or even if you disagree with, feel free to send me a DM. I love interacting with the community and talking to you guys. Um, and just, you know, and, and just like hearing different opinions and learning, you know, why people think certain, you know, uh, ways I think is a very, very strong way for us all to grow and, 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 and just, I guess, you know, change and, and learn different outlooks on things. Uh, and then, of course, I also do have a uh, Twitch channel now as well. Uh, and this Friday, uh, around 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can watch me and Boom playing Man of Madon again. Uh, for what is this like the fourth time? We're, the fourth we're, time, yeah. Yeah, we're. I, are we? Are we going to try to kill everybody off again? I say we do. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, and then also, boom. Um, just making sure that you got uh two easy twos uh super chat. Maybe I didn't. Did I miss it? Um, let's see. Oh yeah. You know what? Too easy too. Uh, well, well, actually, it's too easy. It happened actually at two p.m. Um, he drops a very generous five dollars super chat. Thank you for the save. I'd have been very upset with myself if I missed it. He says, "Love this think tank. Could you guys make a tier list video describing what acquisitions and why?" You know what, dude? We are probably not, at least I don't do videos regularly. I, I try not to because the production value, uh, I mean, the production that goes into it is hours. I mean, hours. And Archimedes, who I'm going to call on in a few minutes, can, can account that some of these oh, videos yeah. are 10 hours uh, in production value for, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's an hour per minute. Uh, at least that's how Colt Eastwood does it, and those yes. guys do some big, Agreed. big uh, ways to do it. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, may maybe, maybe what some what, what somebody else on the panel will be able to talk, you know, to do it. But me, I'm just going to talk about it, and we're going to just may potentially on an upcoming show break down who they may acquire next. But thank you for the generosity. And we have we have a new another super chat that came in from. Christopher, who drops an outstanding five dollars super ten, he says hello from Sweden. That is awesome, dude. Um, he says great podcast. We'll stick around. Well, thank you, brother. I really appreciate. it. I'm glad you're enjoying the content, and more importantly, thank you for your generosity. But Joe, let's get to you and do you where people can tune in for the best PlayStation uh, podcast this side of Texas. In my opinion, you did a rebranding. Your opening is absolutely outstanding, and of course, the content that is in said podcast is as good for sure tell everyone about where they can reach out to you on social media but more importantly check out the world's number one playstation podcast Ooh. how do you like them apple i, I like it away from greg miller and gave it to you you know what dude i'm I dig it. I dig it. You know what? Yeah, I'm gonna do something different because usually I go off the cuff. I gotta. I'm gonna. I'm gonna see if my dyslexia really failed me here last night because I'm gonna read what this video is about. Our latest podcast of the Trophy Room, a PlayStation show. Hosts Joseph and Kyle talk about PlayStation's controversial party chat recording option and why it's actually a good thing. We're going to be talking about the many lingering questions that surround the PlayStation 5 UI mystery features. We give our Ghost of Tsushima Legends impressions, more Spider-Man Miles Morales suits and news, more Godfall gameplay, and we ask the question, does PlayStation actually really need Bethesda? All that and more you can find over at the Trophy Room, a PlayStation show over on YouTube. Go follow us there. You can follow the uh, Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast on Spotify, on Google Play, 
on Apple Podcasts, wherever you find us, your podcast, you can find us there. And uh, yeah, also, you can follow me, Mr. Badbit, over on Twitter and follow the show, PS Trophy Room on Twitter, because tomorrow morning we have one more really cool announcement and giveaway that we're going to have for y'all. So follow PS Trophy Room on Twitter to get more info tomorrow well probably and that's it actually at, at breakfast at boom or with boom yeah, so right. there you go that's right there you go we'll be yeah we'll be live tomorrow at 10 a.m i'll be announcing the panel and topics later on this evening uh we're gonna go next with archimedes archimedes you know we're talking about production value you have been doing an incredible job with your channel uh it has been growing at an unbelievable rate and for good reason you, you put a lot of time and effort into each video uh and the production that goes into it is tremendous do me a favor brother tell everyone about whether can follow you on social media but more importantly check out your outstanding youtube channel yeah well first of all thanks for having me and thank you so much for the compliment um it is indeed um a lot of time that goes into these videos um i take about uh, depends on the topic but something around eight hours per video mm -hmm. which is then probably 10 minutes long plus minus a bit uh, um so yeah but uh, I love doing it. I'm having a blast and the feedback has been really good. Um, so I want to say thank you for everyone who supports the channel. And if you are interested in a commentary video uh, game YouTube channel, check it out at Boxenberger. The same you can find me on um, Twitter, Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, everywhere it's Boxenberger. And yeah, if you like the content um hit uh, hit the subscribe button i would greatly appreciate it well listen it's great to have you a part of this show each and every week and obviously we love that you're getting some massive content not only to come out of your channel but you're getting a tremendous amount of support from the community and that's super important vj before i get to your brother i gotta thank east texas alice for Alex, for the outstanding and very generous $5 Super Chat. And Alex says this, just wanted to let you know how much I appreciate all the live content every week. You have helped me through countless 12-hour shifts. Oh, dude, that is awesome. I am so happy to know that at least while you're working, you can actually pour through those hours of work. And, I, and I'm there right with you uh, with the content. I definitely appreciate the compliment. But more importantly, brother, I appreciate the generosity. So, VJ, let's get to you, dude. You sure. have been busy. Uh, not only are you on this show every week, but you're on several other shows that I think that you have brought a tremendous amount of value to. Tell everyone where they can follow you on social media, but more importantly, listen to you on the other shows that you are a part of. Sure. <laughs> you know, that probably outros are my weakest part of my game when it comes to podcasting. Um, That's quite all right. Um, I was I, I was trying to follow uh, the comments in the chat, and um, there are so many interesting opinions and questions, boom, and I, and I try and I got worn out in the end um, that I don't even know the answers to. So it's great to see there are so many abstract thinkers in your chat specifically, uh, and they're not afraid to pose questions, and I think that goes back to your sentiment, sentiment as well of, of part of being a very safe place. Um, it's also very apparent they have awful taste because they all think scorn is really great and not ooey, gooey, and gross. They're already probably all from England. Anyway, um, 
Um, it was um, really great to and uh, listen to, uh, sorry, listen and engage with uh, the rest of the panel today. I know we don't do it as much as, as people would like, but, you know, we've got so much to cover and uh, there's so many interesting opinions and I think that people can spend time digesting those. And if you want to find me, um, you won't be able to. No, just kidding. You can find me on Four Guys with Quarters on uh, Tuesday, I believe it is, uh, Stubbs Gaming, if my internet survives on a Wednesday, uh, here on Boom Show uh, on the Thursday, well, today, and uh, Green Pass Gaming um, this this coming Sunday. And uh, thank you once again, Boom, for having me on this uh, amazing show. You know I don't take it for granted, so uh, I always appreciate it um, uh, when you invite me on. Well, it's great to have you on each and every week, brother. Definitely bring something to, special to the show, and, and I definitely appreciate you taking the time to hang out. And certainly, last and no way least, the newest member of the Xbox Factor Podcast, 3-Bit. Thank you so much for not only joining the show, but hanging out with us for over two hours. Do me a favor, brother. Tell everyone about where they can follow you on social media. Check out your outstanding YouTube channel. And more importantly, talk about anything else you got going on. Hey, guys. Um, so. Um, first of all, I think the panel is my first official show mm-hmm. <laughs> as a official member of the Xbox Factor Factor uh, podcast. So thank you guys. Um, you you guys can follow me on Twitter. Uh, it's the VGHD on on YouTube. It's the Video Games HD. I'm working on a video that will probably be done late tonight because I'm just doing a bunch of stuff uh, today. Um, it's it's basically about a uh, who they may acquire um, <laughs> for the showing. So, if I can get that done, um, it'll it'll be done sometime uh, sometime late tonight. <laughs> but uh, in terms of uh, what other shows I'm on, I kind of jump uh, to different shows. Me, I, I keep seeing VJ on some of the shows I'm I'm on. Um, but uh, I, I usually have my own show, VGHD Podcast, on Fridays, and then this is my other main show. So. Um, Thank you guys a lot, and this was a really fun show. So thank you guys. Thanks. Also, well, thank you. Yeah, definitely appreciate <laughs> your being here, brother. Definitely uh, think that you uh, you bring a significant amount of uh, again uh, worth to the show, and love hearing your opinion. So everyone, listen. Just want to thank you again for being here. Again, we had over eight hundred people. Hopefully, you enjoyed this enough to potentially not only hit the like button, not only subscribe to the channel, but share this out with other Xbox players that might want and need something to listen to while they're working or potentially playing Xbox games, and hopefully we bring that fire each and every show. So, of course, I'm going to close out the show with something that's important to me. Hopefully, one day, it's going to be important to you, and it's something that my father taught me when I was a kid. It not only made me a better New York City police officer that I served my great city for 21 years, but it made me a better human being. And he used to say, son, treat others how you want to be treated, and also, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. You live by those rules, and I can guarantee you, you're going to have an awesome day. So take care, everyone. Enjoy gaming on whatever console you enjoy gaming on, and we'll see you next week on the newest episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. Take care, everyone, and have a great day. Actually, you know what? Real quick, we do have a super chat that came in that uh, I didn't want to forget. Hold on just a second before we... We have... It literally just came in 
Too Easy drops another additional $5 super chat and says, Hey, Archimedes, I'm interested in your interpretation of a tier list. Please, LOL. I know that I'm persistent, but shut me down <laughs> if it isn't possible. Well, I'm sure that you can reach out to Archimedes on DM and you guys can Definitely. discuss it there. Definitely. Um, but uh, everyone, have a good day. Be safe. Wear a mask. Be courteous. And we'll see you again next week on the newest episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. Take care, everyone. Be safe.